Hello! Hi! Hi, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him! Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Today, we're going to be talking about Loaded at the Malthouse Theatre and the way we get by by the Knack Theatre. So excited to talk to you today, Jake. So excited to be here. Good God. Good God. Good golly, Miss Molly. Hey James. Hello Jake. Hi. Oh. Yes. Well, well, well. Indeed. I did used to live down a well. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> um, I've been I've also been down a well is where I've been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um it's good to be back. You were ringing it. <laughs> you know, it's it's nice to be wanted. Um, That's a fun idea. Instead of like a, I don't know, I guess it'd be like sort of like a, not to immediately interrupt your very no, important. it's good. Go on, I like <laughs> it immediately. Like, you know, the premise of 13 Reasons Why. Uh, vaguely, I know that there's suicide. There is suicide. Famously, there's suicide. And she does all those cassette tapes. Honk, honk. It's content warning, Goose. That's, that's good to have it back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll have you notice that while you were gone, there was no content warning, Goose, at all. There was also no <laughs> listeners, because I'm the draw card here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a fact. And then, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, 13 Reasons Why yep. that unbearable girl records all those cassette tapes about, like, you guys are the reasons I killed myself. Drama queen. Drama um, but instead of doing that, you could do like the ring. But instead, but of course, the plan is to, of course, not kill yourself. I'm not advocating for suicide, but leaving like a spooky. <laughs> I'm very confused because I think I actually missed the opening joke you made. You said you were down a well, yep. and then I sort of suggested while you were talking that yep. maybe you were ringing it. Oh, which I understand yeah, 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 is yeah, 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 complicated yeah, 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 yeah. wordplay to like, grasp. Like the ring. Yeah. So it's like you make a spooky videotape. Okay. You leave it somewhere for someone to like find. Okay. Like a Naomi Naomi Watts character. Does it have to be Naomi Watts? No, she has to be Naomi Watts esque. Oh, okay. In that she has to be curious and frantic. Who's Naomi Watts? She she got taken by that big monkey. In, in King, which one? In King Kong. There's the a lot one, of King Kongs. The long, boring one. Without that doesn't Jack, narrow it down. No Jack Black. Oh, like the new Skull Island. No, no. No. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> King Kong aside. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Which is where you <laughs> kill I'm King just... Kong. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> King Kong aside, where the monkey turns <laughs> to the audience. Um, so you make a spooky cassette tape. Yep. Like a VHS. And then you hide down a well. And then... Then <laughs> the, what's the premise? Come to think they... of it, maybe you don't need to hide down the well. <laughs> Why am I in the well and what are the tapes for? Who's because watching them? You said well, well, well. Yeah. And so... Yeah. I suppose you being down a well is not relevant. I think I'm just pitching... <laughs> make a spooky videotape. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you're pitching. Keep track of who watches it. Uh-huh. And then you... <laughs> Crawl out of the well. No, you're not down no, the well. I stay you, in the well. No, you're not down the well. There's ever. no well. No okay. well. Maybe there's footage of it in the cassette tape. Okay. I don't so recommend. So I've got a spooky video. I'm keeping track of who's watching the video, and then I what? Scalp them? <laughs> You don't scalp them. You then spend the next seven days <laughs> terrorizing them to convince them that they are also under the ring curse. <laughs> so what you're suggesting is basically just do the plot of the ring. What you could have said is do the plot of the ring. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry, really, I'm stupid. No, it's really, it's really good to be back. Um, I think there's there's room for something there. Give. <laughs> Thank you for coddling me. <laughs> I have not gotten smarter in your absence. No. 
No, uh, you have not. But that's fine. Uh-huh. That's fine. We all um, have our struggles. So, <laughs> speaking of struggles, <laughs> where have you been? What have you been doing? Um, where have I been? I have been not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been a work in progress, but I'm in progress, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just, sick, long story short, I won't dwell on it too much. Got sick, sickness was bad, uh, still getting over the sickness. Which what is genre of sickness? It's like a cold that has stuck with me. Uh-huh. It's not COVID. What it, a reliable cold. It, uh, uh, it's good to, you know, it's hard to get good colds around here. It is. Um, so it has stuck with me. Uh, it, it's sort of like a, a chest infection. Let's not describe it too vividly for Jake's sake. Like imagine <laughs> chewable phlegm. I will okay. kill you. Um, so that, that has sort of stuck around a little bit which has been very annoying and that sent me into a very depressive spiral which was quite bad Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had to get on top of that and I am now in the process of getting on top of that Mm -hmm. we're medicated Mm -hmm. we've had blood tests Mm -hmm. I had my sleep study Uh which was really weird okay listeners if you've ever had a sleep study write in I want to hear your experience but mine was I wandered on in (laughs) move (laughs) I wandered and I'm very sick I'm very sleepy (laughs) So I wandered in uh-huh. to this sleep study area. It was nighttime. Mm-hmm. It was like the late afternoon. Yes. And I sat in the foyer amongst like maybe seven or eight other just regular schmoes. <laughs> Unlike you, the <laughs> star <laughs> of the study. Gorgeous <laughs> Dungelina that I am. Uh, and sat around mm-hmm. and I was like, I wonder if they're all here for the sleep study. And then this like handsome bald guy came in and was like, hey, who's here for the sleep study? And everyone sort of sheepishly went, yes. <laughs> And so we all followed Wait, you were him. all like we were all in the spoken sleep study. And, but you were all answering like, oh, yeah, I suppose I am. Well, yet no one was seemed to be proud to be there. Like one guy Why was not. Because were you all there for tragic reasons? I don't know. But there was this energy of like we don't want to look at each other. Like no one wants to acknowledge that we're here. Why? I don't. I didn't quite get it, but I caught it. Okay. Like I caught that feeling. So we got the elevator up. We were all taken around to our rooms, a hospital bed in a hospital room. Oh. Uh, and then. A nurse came around, or a sleep specialist, I'm not sure, and this is not interesting information, but just attached so many diodes and wires to my body. Uh I sent you a photo, Jake. Just, like, 12 diodes glued into my hair and onto my head, two onto each of my legs, one onto the back of my stomach, one onto my chest. What's the back of your stomach? My back. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it too. I heard it too. My back is what that is. Uh, <laughs> you really are a food guy, aren't you? <laughs> it's not my back. It's the back, back of my, my stomach. stomach. <laughs> uh, back of my stomach and one on the top of my stomach, my chest. Um, and then I had... My like, head is but a hat for my, my tummy. tummy. <laughs> <laughs> my legs get my tummy where it needs to go. Uh, and then I had like a breathing tube and all this shit. And then she was like, all Wait, right. Where was the breathing tube going? Uh, my, 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 my nose, where I breathe from. But is that a problem with your sleeping that you're not breathing? No, it's like, don't, they, I, I, from what I understood, it was like for them to like monitor my breathing patterns while I was asleep. Okay. It wasn't like like pumping stuff in, it was registering what was coming out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, all right, night, and just turn the light off and close the door. <laughs> and they yelled, it's inception time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, then I had to like sleep with so many wires plugged into the wall and so many like... Like, I could not sleep. I didn't sleep. How come? <laughs> because of everything I just said. <laughs> you stupid bitch. Uh, so I probably slept for like an hour at most. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... <laughs> and 
then did they come in and they were like, we recommend not sleeping hooked up to all these machines. <laughs> <laughs> and they charged you $4,000. Well, the second bit, yes. But, so they were like, no one ever sleeps this, like, very well. Like, it's all, like, just to get sort of a baseline of how you struggle getting to sleep. So that okay. was, like, I guess good. Then the second day, mm. I stayed all, all day, mm-hmm. and I had to do this test where, like, every, tw- every like, hour and a half, I would be forced to try to sleep for 20 minutes, and then just as I was nodding off, they'd be like, all right, up you get, and they would edge me, like, sleep edging okay. the entire Thank day. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> and then what they do, <laughs> they put on these gloves. Worth it. Um, yes, that was my sleep study, and I have the follow-up on Tuesday, which uh-huh. is in a few days. Yeah. Um, so that's just a fun story of what's happened to me recently. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has happened to me recently? I had my two-year anniversary with Flynn. With, is that a couch My you boyfriend. Your boyfriend? My boyfriend of two years For now. two years you've Confirmed. kept this from me. Yeah, oh no. my God. It's because we both hate you. What's his name? Liberty Gibbet? Flig. Flig. Oh, Flig. Beautiful name. Scottish? Beautiful name. Flig. Uh, it's something. I think it actually is Scottish. Flynn. Oh, Flynn. Flynn. Flynn is his name. So I've never heard that name before. Okay. Yeah, it's Great. not real. Mm. Um, so two years, we had our anniversary dinner at a restaurant. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. A waiter was very sexual and flirtatious with us and we <laughs> fell in love with him. So Dirk, if you're listening... <laughs> They're Let open to know. it. Let me know where you are, man. Um, <laughs> what else has happened, Jake? Um, I yes, yeah, started the antidepressants. Had to spend a week feeling like my brain was getting kicked in. I didn't realize that was a part of the phase of antidepressants. But I, I, once it was happening to you, I was like talking to other people about their experience mm. with antidepressants, and a lot of them said the same thing: of like, yeah, one week is just like feeling like you're dying on a boat. Yeah, yeah. The, like the first week and a bit is like just yeah. It's like just. It feels, for me, it feels different for everyone, but for me, it felt like my brain was getting too big and trying to leak out my ears, Mm -hmm. and then it was too small and trying to shrink away from my head. Uh So it was like, constant headache, just a nightmare, like your brain chemistry just being altered for fun. Sure. Um, So that was hell, and then I just had to take a bunch of time off work for being sick and being mentally sad. Um, so it's been like, a bad time, Mm. really. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm, I'm I'm on the mend, I'm improving. I'm feeling good. I went out and danced recently, which was something I forgot I could even do. Yeah. Where'd you do it? At a house party. Ooh. And one of Flynn's friends had a house party. We uh-huh. went along and we all just had a boogie. And it was like one of those parties. I don't know if you know what these ones are like. <laughs> Straight people. Straight people parties. Straight people party. Oh, Yeah. God. Like you go along and they're all like gathered around a fire talking. Yeah, right. And they were like, we could, it was spitting and we were like, we could move inside and like dance. And like, no, I want to stay by the fire. Like, oh my god. They are those moments where I do not envy their predicament. No! I'm happy for them. They seem content with it. But my god, I'd rather be inside where the DJ and the smoke machine is. Could you imagine being satisfied by that type of evening? No. No, No. I don't think I can. No. God. So it was that sort of party, but we started (laughs) the dance floor. Who did? Flynn and I and a few other people. Okay. Got a dance floor going and it was really fun. You've had some allies. Had some allies! Yeah, good. (laughs) Uh, It was just really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Ida Hobbit Day at work. Which is when they pan away... Wait, what am I saying? Yeah, go on. That is, it is, yeah. Wait, no. Yeah, uh, is no, it going to be a Hobbit joke? No, I have chosen the... Ro- Ida Hobbit is not the thing where in Lord of the Rings they pan away from Elijah Wood and there's a hot guy with long hair. That's not Ida Hobbit. What's that? What the fuck are you talking about? Is this a I'm joke? Think- Oh, I'm thinking of Figwit, is what I'm thinking of. What's Figwit? How do you not know this? This is a thing you should know, and I should be going like, this is so stupid. What is it? Figwit is where there's apparently a part in Lord of the Rings where Frodo does something, and everyone's like, yay, Frodo! And then the camera pans away from Frodo, and there's a really hot extra behind him. 
And they named him Figwit, and it stands for Frodo is great, who is that? <laughs> I have no idea who this is. What, um... Can I Google this real quick? You can Google it, and I can, yeah, I'll sit here and sing a little song about my disinterest in Middle Earth. Give me five seconds to see who Figwit is, because I feel like I should know this. For Fig sure. Wit. Oh, yes. I've definitely given, like, this is just between you and me, sweet, sweet listener, I've given a lot of thought to the idea of starting an Instagram page that is just a collection of photos of people in the backgrounds of TV shows and movies that pull focus with their beauty. Has James found information? I didn't hear you at all. Figwit is actually played by Brett McKenzie, who is a New Zealand actor, part of Flight of the Conqueror. Oh, oh. Yeah, I do know about Figwit, but I knew him as that actor from the Flight of Concord. Does he now have a platform because of pulling focus in Lord of the Rings? I think he already had it. He was part of Flight of the Concord. Did he have lines in Lord of the Rings? Or was he also an Yeah, he had a line. He's like, I think Arwen runs away from... Arwen's going to go to the Undying Lands. See, this is where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't (laughs) worry. I know (laughs) Arwen is like one of the only women in Lord of the Rings. Not Cate Blanchett. (laughs) Not Cate Blanchett. She's one of the only other women in Lord of the Rings. Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler. Yeah, oh, it's, it's Liv Tyler. It's Liv Tyler. Uh, she seems so Liv sad. She, well, she is because she's being taken away from her man, uh, which is, of course, the reason the women exist in Lord of the Rings. To want men. To want men. Okay. That is literally it. Uh, <laughs> so she's running away from being taken to the Undying Lands, and before she realises that she needs to run back to her love, Figwit, yes. <laughs> whose name is not Figwit, he does have a name, I can't oh. remember what it is, uh, he's like... My lady, we must continue on the path. Whose voice is this? That's Figwit's voice. Oh, okay. And then she's like, no, and runs away. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think he's also in The Hobbit. Sure. I guess I can continue (laughs) talking to you, sweet, sweet listener, directly because James is distracted by... Yeah, he played yeah. another elf in The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Lindia. Distracted by, by an elf's backstory. What do you think of that? What do I think of what? Figwit, that's really funny. Um, so Ida Hobbit has nothing to do Ida with... Ida Hobbit is International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, and Transphobia. Okay. Um, not in that order. But um, there's a lot of things to conquer in one day. Things. Yeah, yeah, one day to get it all done. But we did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a Fellowship of the Ring. Is it? <laughs> Does that movie all happen in one day? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? God, that movie's boring. It's so good. Ugh. Um, but I, one of my favorite things that happened. It was at work. It was in the morning. I'd started. Wait, where are we? I don't know if you're in Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm at work. This oh, is not Lord of the Rings related okay. at all. <laughs> and it's Ida it. Hobbit Day. It's Ida Hobbit Day. Uh-huh. We were at work. Um, <laughs> would Would you a Hobbit? Ida Hobbit. Ida Hobbit. Ida Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fun way to talk about things that you would or wouldn't want to have some sort of sexual entanglement with. Flynn has Hobbit feet, which he's going to hate me saying. But he does have like what does that mean? Like 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 they're covered in rings. <laughs> I can't say. I don't understand what hobbits are. They're like like shorter, wider feet. Short, wide feet. Yeah, they're like just they're normal feet. Good but for they're stomping. Just, they're I good imagine. for stomping. They're very Bad good for swimming. He's great at being braced against the earth. You know, his feet are good for like being on the ground. He could be a sea captain. He could be a sea. Captain. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not in secret. Um, <laughs> it's a potential career move for him. Okay, so. James, have you considered he might be a sea captain? I mean, he did live by he did live by the ocean. Oh god, like Lauren Graham, who lived with her father on a boat for a period of time. Mentioned in her first necessary memoir, and not her dud second one. Continue. She's an actor? <laughs> She's in the Gilmore Girls. Okay. And Parenthood. We should and- kill more girls. <laughs> we should what? Kill more girls? Let's n- kill fewer girls. Oh, kill f- fewer. That's I always my fewer. pitch. I fewer girls. <laughs> I don't know I was happening at work. And yes. um, uh, I had started, it was early in the morning, and our head nurse had come in and was getting things set up for the day. It was also like handing out little like badges and things like that. Not mm-hmm. the animal, like little <laughs> rainbow flags. Um, and she was like saying at one point, it's Ida Hobbit Day, which is International Day Against Homosexuality. Uh. <laughs> which was terrific. <laughs> I just thought that was a great introduction. I immediately 
stopped her and I, I let her know. So that was good of me. Oh, did she not catch herself saying that? I think, no, I think it was just very early in the morning and she had not really thought about what she was saying. Like, like, you know, bleary eyed was saying. Some of us call that a Freudian slip and <laughs> yeah. I think your colleague is a homophobe. Fair enough. You know, Fair she, enough. No, no, she's a tired head nurse. Her words were blurring in the morning. She's Why is she only look- a nurse for heads? What about the rest of the body? It's a valid question. No, I'm a nurse unit manager, Jake. Oh. Thank you very much. A homophobe that has risen through the ranks to run that much nursing. So <laughs> that's been me recently. Any questions, Jake? Any questions you think the audience wants answered about mm. my life? Go on, I'm ready. Question time, Q&A. Um, question time, question time. No, I think you were pretty succinct with everything that you summarized. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Uh, no, and I think any of the questions... The, no, I think anything would be quite intrusive if I were to ask any further questions. Ask it. I want, I want, about... Ask me an intrusive question. An intrusive... I'm curious. I might, I might not answer, but I'm curious what the question would be. Um, are there any, like, side effects to the medication that you're on? Can't come very easily. You c- can't come where? <laughs> Anywhere, my God. Tell, name a place. Name a place. <laughs> a, a barn. Oh, I can't come there. You can come there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, orgasm, it takes longer. Get into uh, gas town. Okay. It does. No, that that is also, if you've spoken to friends on antidepressants, not a surprising side effect. That is part of it. Also, fun <laughs> sidebar, a large part of the reason I stopped antidepressants the last time, mm. because that was a, a huge issue for me. Because you love gazzies I so love much. gazzies. I do. I'm mm. proud of it. I do love a gazzy. Uh, and I didn't want to stop it. So I... I decided... You chose the gas. I chose. I got to a point where I was like, my mental health feels better because of the antidepressants. Uh-huh. But my brain was like, maybe my situation has just improved. Yeah, maybe I've done this myself. Maybe I've done this myself. <laughs> and I'd rather have an orgasm than a happy mind. And then I did have orgasms, but I didn't have a happy mind. Worth it though? No. No. <laughs> no, not in the long run. No. But now I'm just, you know, you know, working with um, an RSI issue and mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. Which stands for really short... It's like a wrist thing, isn't it? Like when your wrist is sore all the time. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. From <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> oh, this was a masturbation, masturbation joke the whole time? Joke, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, okay, so in the future when I ask people about their antidepressants, I should cut them off when they start answering and just yell, what are the gazzies like? <laughs> yeah, just get straight to it. Because that's <laughs> the biggest issue. Um, but I'm surviving. And I think it will, I, from what I can tell, I think it will even out at some point. What will? The gazzies. I think oh. it will get easier. I'll just understand my body better. To get to them. Yeah. As opposed to, it's not as if, uh, are they dulled? No, they're not dulled. No, they just takes longer to... Just a longer road. Longer to climb that mountain. <laughs> Fjord every stream. I think that's what that song was about. It was Finding about... an orgasm after antidepressants. Jake, how has your past six or seven weeks been? Six or seven weeks? What, however long it's been since we've been together. God, since the very beginning of the comedy festival. Oh yeah, I need to address, guys, I missed pretty much all of the comedy festival. Yes. Which was, so, so I'm sorry that Jake and Jamesy's chuckle fest ended up being Jake's chuckle fest. Yes. It sounded good by the, by, by what I heard. It sounded like you had a good time. I'm really jealous. But no, I literally missed so many comedy shows. Um, I had to pull out of a bunch of shows. I apologize to those shows and I'm really upset about it. <laughs> I feel really sad. And that's part of the reason I felt very sad as well. Oh, good. I'm glad that we contributed to your misery. Yes, it was quite bad. <laughs> um, so that's just something I wanted to say. Sorry, guys. But Jake, how was the comedy festival? Did you have a good time? It was wonderful. It was really great. Yeah. Got yeah. to meet a bunch of really wonderful people, see a bunch of really cool artists and the things that they're doing. Mm. Yeah. It was really rewarding. It was nice. It was good. How many chuckle, if you had to give the comedy festival, how many chuckles would you give it? Chuckles? Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever number of chuckles I did give it in action, I suppose. I don't know. I'm not a, like a generous laugher when it comes to 
seeing shows generally, mm. as I'm sure you're aware. Mm. I tend mm. to just look sort of depressed and focused. And then people ask, why didn't you laugh at my show? <laughs> I cannot walk down that tunnel of <laughs> conversation. Say, say, right. God. But yeah, no. No. But yeah, no, it was wonderful. And I'd say even just to think of like, there were certainly like, yeah, a little handful of shows that I have been thinking about a fair bit after seeing them, and I'm just always grateful when that occurs, you yeah, know? That's so, lovely. so to have those experiences in, you know, a festival, especially a festival devoted to chuckling. Chuckling! Um, what a wonderful, yeah, I don't know, backyard garden from which to pluck such wonderful artistic oh, experiences. Shut the fuck up. I accidentally um, fell into an analogy! <laughs> so lame. <laughs> uh, what's the next festival? Is it is it Cabaret? Um, I never know when the Cadbury Festival is. I think you maybe like made Did it you up. Did you say Cadbury Festival? <laughs> it's a chocolate festival. to say that, wouldn't you? <laughs> what? It is my favourite holiday and chocolate's yep. my favourite vegetable. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, uh, so what else, Jake? What else? Um, well, I've... What have I been doing? Um, I'd say... To start, tiny... Um, <laughs> the other day, I had to explain to my father the plot of Romeo and Juliet... Because he doesn't know, he didn't know how it ended. How did he manage that? That's what I asked him. And not, I was like, not, not to sound like privileged and entitled, but it's not privileged to have like <laughs> to know the plot a... of a famous play. Yeah, yeah. no, um, it's just okay. cultural. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's what I said to him because I was like talking to him. I was explaining to him. I don't know if you've listened to this episode yet, but where Elizabeth was talking about that JMC Academy production of Romeo and Juliet that I she really started listening to that episode, but started. I haven't finished it. Sure, yeah. So yeah, but she was talking about how much that production moved her, and then I was relaying to my father uh, about how much she loved that show, and he oh, was like, okay. and I was like, yeah, I was talking about that, and I was also talking about and Juliet because of course the Rob Mills of it all and mm. that production being so wonderful, and I was like, I was talking about these two shows sort of at the same time, and I was like, yeah, explaining that and Juliet. Pre- of like her not dying and he's like what do you mean dying it's like can't what (laughs) it's like yeah they both die at the end of Romeo and Juliet and he's like what do you mean they both die what it's like bitch what so I was put in this like odd vaguely charming predicament of having to explain to my father the plot of Romeo and Juliet that's crazy yeah and then he said after I finished my long long ramble about like it is so strange (laughs) that you are my son (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fathers. <laughs> yes. That's, that's really nice. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, great. Lucky man to have avoided it this long. Why? Because you think the ending of Romeo and Juliet really fucked you up? No, I think, <laughs> I think it gave me unrealistic expectations about love. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Flynn to pop the question, will you kill yourself? <laughs> will you do it? For no, me? I just think it's impressive to avoid Romeo and Juliet. I think mm. it's like... Wow, okay, cool. Moving on. So, <laughs> what else is going on in your life, Jake? That was your Romeo and Julietian <laughs> story? Uh, yeah, that existed. Otherwise, yeah, no, just a bunch of work. There have been positive developments there. Um, what else, what else? No, mostly that. Just like that and school and trying to sleep. And, yeah, just a lot of, yeah, talking about theatre with people. Trying to sleep. Are you also struggling with sleep? Mm, tra- oh, no, just trying to get enough time to sleep. Oh, sure, are you busy? Yeah, no one believes that. <laughs> so, and it's also such a boring thing to tell people. Yeah, no. You're busy. Yeah, I'd like to be busy again. <laughs> I just realised, not to bring the mood down, but I've realised a lot of the reason I've been sad recently is because I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing much at all. I just sort of... Oh, Samantha. Sit, my God. <laughs> and I was starting to think, was the loneliness in me... I've never seen Sex in the City. Um, <laughs> I just know how she talks. I don't know that this is her... Oh, I was doing Carrie um, Bradshaw. You were just then? Yeah. Oh, great. And I was starting to wonder... Oh, oh! <laughs> it got you to thinking about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, just I just even just going to that party recently just made me think. Oh, I'm missing out on so much life. Mm, yeah. So, guys, 
Let me know if you're doing things. I'll I'll, I'll come to stuff. <laughs> Jake, take me to things. Let's go. Let's party. I'll consider it. Yeah, no, it's one of those like great capitalist casualties. Absolutely. And the way that it's mm. also like this real mind trap too of like we crave structure inherently, largely speaking. And then things like having like casual employment for it, like gives you that structure. So it's like that part of your brain is calmed down. Yeah. And then it takes from you so much of the time that you give to these workplaces, which I believe is the bulk of what that like the, the, the wage that they pay you should be paying you for. Like we yeah. never get that time back yeah you know so horrible know. yeah no and it's like yeah and you also need that money to live it's like the whole it's the whole thing money at the moment is a scary thing a scary thing oh yeah oh my god yeah he was like emailing an accountant over the last couple of days what it's so embarrassing because like, even just like the tone of it from my end is so like ashamed of my poverty <laughs> why are you emailing an accountant oh it's about tax return stuff oh sure, sure. but it's like yeah it's just Oh, it's, and there's nothing wrong with being poor. I mean, it's the life that I have. I mean, but it's you like, know, within the system we have. Course, but yes, it's, it presents troubles. And so it's just like, I don't know, that money makes me so uncomfortable and anxious totally. and sad, you know. And so it's like sending these emails. It's just like, I just, there's that, you know, like self-loathing, like raised in a capitalist place where it's like we all are supposed to want to secret, like we all should want to be rich is the message that we are yes. taught by the Kardashians and everyone else. God, I'd love to be rich. Okay. It would God, solve a lot of problems. That's I'd the thing, as we rich. talked about before, it's like once you get rich then you can start being relaxed and cheerful and happy yes. and doing stuff but until then it's just like do you want to buy my fingers for that $70 fucking people who money doesn't buy happiness yes it does mm. the fuck are you talking about mm. yes it does it buys healthcare it buys housing it buys you time it literally buys you time you don't need to work as much yeah Ugh. what are we going to do to get rich what's our plan our plan okay here's a question what is the most realistic plan you can think of right now to get rich? <laughs> For you. Um, I don't know. Get hit by a celebrity's car is my yeah, that's answer. That, yeah, that's a good one. I can see yeah. that happening for you. Who? What celebrity? Uh, it'd have to be one that wouldn't be like that wouldn't need me to press very hard in terms of insisting that I get the money out of them because I'm not one to blackmail. <laughs> it'd have to be a um sorry, Casey Chambers, you you hit me with your with your four wheel drive. Four million dollars, please. Can I please have four million dollars? <laughs> four million dollars, please, Casey Chambers. <laughs> yeah. What about um share? I don't want to share my money, baby. I don't have enough for me. I missed this. Um, <laughs> share would, because I'm thinking like uber rich. Like that sort of money just would not If I were uber rich, I just expect that there would be like people every week being like, hi, just as a goof, could I have a million dollars? And I oh, think totally. now and then I'd just be like, of course. <laughs> that would be so fun. You asked. Might as well I mean, have it. Jake, if I were uber rich, I would just give a lot of my money to charities that need it. Yeah. Could you name one charity in the world? <laughs> Minus 18. <laughs> Has charity You would give a million dollars to a bunch of teenage gaybos? Actually, I would, yeah. Great. Yeah. Is it is minus 18 gay or it's just say underage people? LGBT. Oh, cool. Uh, and underage, yeah. They're okay, the ones great. that deal with... Um, I think they have a lot of like, homeless youth initiatives as well and stuff like that. They're quite good. The other day, I was walking out of Flinders Street Station okay. and I was wearing like a, like a, like a jumper cardigan-y thing that had like flowers on it. Ooh, I can see where this is going. So I'm walking out of Flinders Street Station, going towards, you know, that's like the Flinders Street to cross it, to go to work. I'm aware. And I'm wearing this floral top. And then I, this woman is like, hey, are you as fruity as that, like, top you're wearing? What? And it's like, bitch, pardon? it? And I was like, what? <laughs> Thinking that I must have misheard her. And then she doubles down and she's like, are you as fruity as that top that you're wearing? What sort of woman was this? Well, that's the thing. I'm like, huh? And it's one of these, like, charity people. 
with like a clipboard and like what? a t-shirt and a lanyard. And I'm like, I'm in shock because it's just like, we're just saying these things now? What? I don't understand. A charity I, work, like trying to get money. One of, the, one of those people that's like, oh, uh, and I'm like, I'm going to work and also vaguely shocked that you are being so like strangely kind of homophobic at me. That's it's very crazy. strange that you think I'm just ready to talk about my sexuality with a stranger. Um, and yeah, no. And then she's like, it, it then does the thing. I was like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm late to work, which is true. And she's like, that's fine. I just have like a quick question. I was like, oh. I doubt this question will be real. I feel like it will be more of a monologue and some sort of like bamboozling trap of words. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's like, the, how many people do you think is homeless? And I'm like, too many. I wish there were none of them. Can I go? <laughs> no, but, but of course, I'm in this cage of people pleasing. So it's like, yeah. no, continue your, your story. While, yeah, while this I'm is being... one thing that I think, not to brag, one thing I'm really good at. Mm. I I can push past those people really fucking easily. I am surrounded by these people so that easy. are able to just be like, have so a good day, easy. goodbye. Yep. No, I it's devastating to me. I, and these people are doing, as far as I can tell, unless it's a whole, I don't know, pyramid scheme or a cult or something, they're doing good work for, like, it's a good thing they that are, they're doing. They are, also they just gotta get, they, they would be used to people pushing past them. It's I, fine. And I think it should work differently because it just punishes people that don't want to be mean. And I think the more that you punish people for their kindness, the less likely they are to be kind in the future. What do you th- how do you think it needs to change? I think maybe just set up a little booth. I was literally about to say a little set booth. Set up a booth. Make it up to the people to approach you. A kissing booth. A kiss. <laughs> uh. And then while you're kissing, you start whispering into their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while we're here, oh, <laughs> how many homeless people do you think there are? Oh, shut up, shut up, more tongue. <laughs> Um, you need to add some consent to it otherwise you're just and, and the only people that fall prey to what you're doing are people <clears throat> kind enough to listen to what you're saying or the rare instance where the person that you're talking to wants to engage with your cause yeah this is the thing if you're going to annoy people on the street I'm going to be really annoyed by you <laughs> and I'm going to ignore you I'm going to be a dick to you I will be rude God. I will be rude to you in these ways though it, this puts me more on the side of those people that just like stand there and they're just like, Jesus is coming! The Lord is on well, his way! It's the exact same premise to me. It is just as annoying. It's but, like, oh but it's without God. targeting me. Sure. It's sure. not being like, hey, Gabo, do you care about the Lord? <laughs> and then me being like, oh God, what do you want to talk about? It's just like, at least then it's like, if I want to engage, I have to approach you proclaiming soapbox Jesus man. Yeah, and then like I've a, decided to have the conversation. It's like a 17 year old boy preaching on the steps of some, is it some marks in the city? Next to Flinders Street? Um, is that Saint, that's Saint Michael's? St. Patrick's, is it? Saint, maybe it's St. Michael's? St. Mark's? St. John's? Is it? It's not. St. Sebastian's. It's not some sort of royal thing, is it? It's not like. It's definitely a saint. Oh, we see it all the time. Maybe it's St. Michael's? I think Michael's? it's St. Mark's. St. Mark's? St. Michael's? So I think St. Michael's is on Collins Street. I tricked Flynn and his housemate into thinking that the three wise men were named Joe, John, and Ian. How? I, I just did. I can't remember why we were talking about it. We were talking about our names, I think. Like, like. What does your name come from? Where's your name from? What does it mean? Um, and we were speaking about names, and I said, "Yeah, James was one of the wise men. Joe, James, and um, and Ian. And Ian. Yeah, they, they believed me for like a full minute. Are they a different religion? No. Are they Catholic? Are they Christian? Uh, Flynn's definitely from some sort of Christian background. And then Anna, I believe, is also from some sort of Christian background. Even just having this chunk of conversation, I am suddenly in this false reality where we're having a hyper-Catholic podcast thing. Like, (laughs) it's like, hi, welcome back to Jesus Chat. Uh, So, your friends, what what religion are they? I sat (laughs) next to in Sydney when I went to Sydney recently for Mardi Gras. It was no big deal. Uh, (laughs) When I went to Sydney, I sat in this cafe with Flynn and we sat next to this woman who was with another girl and she was like they were talking and you know i tuned in mm-hmm. i listened <laughs> <laughs> i eavesdropped like a good catholic oh, of course i did <laughs> of course i did it's good to know what's going on with your neighbors mm-hmm. uh and 
she, it was one of those meetings of like someone sort of teaching the other person the Bible. Oh no! And it I was mean, like one of those sorts of meetings. I've How- seen it before working in cafes. Like they come in and they like talk, and it was the sort of thing where I was sort of like I was listening. And I'm not one to judge. Mm, you're a liar. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded to me like one of those classic old school techniques of making the other, making the person feel bad about themselves so they accept the word of Lord and come into the fold. Oh my like God. sort of like she was saying, I overheard snatches of the conversation. It was things like, yeah, but they just don't... Like this is the girl who was Bible bashing. She was like, oh, you, look, they're never going to understand you. They're never going to understand you God, like that's this. scary. Like, and, but, and then like other things like... Yeah, but his word is his word teaches us that we can, you know, make our own communities, make our own bonds, and things like that. Oh. And it was a sort of thing of like, do I need to step in yeah. and tell this girl that like you have friends, surely, or like you can make friends that aren't just like oh, that's a pretty bold de- it step is, in as the I dark. said, I was like, <laughs> not our friend. This is probably how you've been picked on. Um, yeah, I just I don't mm. know why I brought that up, but I just remember that. No, that that's really interesting. Just, yeah, that's also interesting too to like to be the person that's like just live like me, and it's like yeah, and then she's like, okay, tell me what your life's like. <laughs> but she was giving nothing away. She wasn't talking about herself. But she, to, she, for to you, mm. to, for you to intercede and be like, no, I've got the way. Oh like, yeah, what's your way? And you're kind yeah. of in the identical position of like, no, my lifestyle. Like, can you imagine having to like imagine if we mm. set up like maybe start yelling on a street corner? It's like these are the values you should have. Maybe we should start doing that. Starting uh, like a, a very slow-moving cult. God. We could start like counter counter preaching, like deprogramming people. You, or like when a preacher gets up and does his fire and brimstone, we can do our our bums and dicks. Bums and dicks. Fire and brimstone. What about? Do you think bums and dicks are the opposite of fire and brimstone? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Fire and brimstone. What about like thighs and penis? Did you say hole. thighs and penis hole is what you said? And you were thinking really hard in a way that's like, were you solving some sort of word puzzle? I'm trying to think of gay version of fire and brimstone. What would that be? A gay version of fire and brimstone? Yeah. What do you... I don't understand how fire and brimstone are inherently heterosexual. I was just trying to be funny. What were the names of the wise men? Wasn't one of them called Casper? I'm actually not sure. Casper. Okay. I think I, that was a friendly ghost. I think it's both. And I think he spells his name with an A in place of Casper's famous E. As in, like, it's just Casper. Yes. <laughs> what was the name of the yes. three wise men? Let me, let's find out. James is just going to Google these Bible facts. <laughs> got to stop doing um, And while he does that, I will sing to you softly one Go of my on. favorite hymns. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Actually, one of my favorite <laughs> churchy songs is the one that those, like, old men always do at Carols by Candlelight. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. That's a great song. Yes. Yeah, that's a great song. Yes. Long time ago in Bethlehem. Have you found the information? The Bible said. Mary's my child, Jesus Christ, who was born on Christmas Day. Hark now, hear the angels sing. Is that the one that Marina Pryor always sings? I think so. I just feel like I have a vivid memory of her repeatedly going, Shepherds watch their flocks by night. (laughs) That does sound right. Oh, God bless her. God bless her. God bless Marina. Three wise men. I love the hymn that was, Christ is the world's redeemer. Like it was a very fire and brimstone one. Oh. To take it back. To take or it back. thighs and penis hole. <laughs> the three wise men were named Gaspar. Oh. Or Casper. 
What do you mean, or Casper? It's in brackets. Or what Casper. is birth certificate? I assume it was Gaspar, and like Casper is like some other language version of it. Okay. Uh, Melchior. <laughs> oh. Gabor. Yes. Uh, and Balthazar. Oh my God. Jesus. Those are cool names. They are cool names. Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Can you imagine if they were like real brothers that you knew? They'd have to be handsome. Would they? Or would they have to be like nerds? I think they'd all be handsome, but I feel like Gaspar would be the type of handsome that like the, you know, you know in Greta Gerwig's Little Women? You know I don't. You know the hot French guy that- You know I don't. You don't? <laughs> and he like joins the school at the start of the movie and then the flashbacks start happening? This isn't for me, but go on. That's the type of handsome I think Gaspar would be. I think the other two would be much more conventionally so, and I feel like Melchior would be poor. <laughs> <laughs> So... A needle-pulling thread. <laughs> Fuck you. Mm. Um, I'm gay, did you know? Continue. We were all aware. <laughs> uh, what else, Jake? Tell me anything else happened in the last little bit? Go no, on. a lot of it's in podcast form, and you can listen to it in your own time. I don't want to. I hate podcasts. <laughs> um, how would you rate your last week, I guess? Mm, I guess I'll give it... <laughs> don't think too hard. I'll give it eight stars, because I feel like that's approximately the amount of times that while explaining Romeo and Juliet to my father, he said something, and then I went... What? <laughs> Great. Yeah. That's really good. And how would you rate your last week or so? <laughs> My crusade. I would raise it one star. You'd raise, raise it one it? star? Yeah, yeah, This I isn't would. poker, you do this. Listen, it'll make sense. I'll rate it one star. Okay. But it's one big rising star. To represent... I'm on the rise, baby. Oh, you're on the rise, I'm baby. I'm Phoenix and I'm reborn. Okay. I'm a star! <laughs> okay, have we straight into meme territory? We have straight into meme territory, yes. Okay, that's good. Um, then I'm going to murder someone with an axe, I think. Which is the same meme extended upon? Uh, it's the same movie extended upon. Okay, great, great, yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Shall we talk about some theatre? Let's. Loaded. Oh. <laughs> Don't know why that's... What I went with. Hello. <laughs> Hi there, James. I went to see a show. Oh. Last night. Really? No. The night before. Yeah. Yeah. I lost <laughs> track of time. Um, I went to see a show the night before last. Yes. At the Malthouse Theatre. Okay. It was called Loaded. The show was? The show was. Fantastic. Based off a book. By whom? Uh, oh, here. I've got it written down. I just like hearing people trying to pronounce it. Christos Tsialkos. Christos Tsialkos? I liked when you were confident the first time Christos Tsialkos. That's a different thing, but... Christos <laughs> I'm sorry, Christos. That's, what is it? No, Do you know it, Jake? No, I have no idea. Oh. No. I've heard people tell me Get various things. high horse. No, I'm not on a high horse. I'm down on the ground looking up at all the horses Nay. being like, don't trample me. I'm a fool. Okay. <laughs> Rolling in the mud. Okay, you don't need to roll in the mud. No one's making you roll in the mud. Oh, this mud. Oh, this mud. <laughs> Go on. I thought you were going to say something. Okay. No. Um, so Christos Talkos um, and Dan Giovanoni. Mm. Uh, uh, co-adapted this version. I think Christos in the past has already adapted this into a movie and was also adapted into like a audio play uh -huh. in 2020. Yes. So I think, I, I'm not sure how related this is to either of those, but they've all been adapted by Christos. So mm -hmm. it's like his work. Right. It's quite nice. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's, a, it's a story that I went to see. Now... <laughs> Yes, go on. I need to get out ahead of, of the train in the room. <laughs> of what the press is saying. Of what everyone's going to be talking about. Yes. <laughs> I arrived half an hour early. Late. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that again? No. Nah. <laughs> I arrived half an hour late to this show. Fantastic work. It's a, it's a 90 minute show. I arrived one third in. <laughs> This is a strong return to form. Yeah, oh, it's you're... real good. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. You had, what, two months off and now... 
yeah, it was really relaxing months. Um, so, so yes. I left. I live in Thornbury now. Uh-huh. I left a full hour and a half before the show was set to start. Okay. I got on my train. Yes. The train left Thornbury Station. Uh huh. Shuddered to a halt before it reached even the next station. Oh golly. And then we proceeded to wait there for sixty minutes. How? Why? What? Sixty minutes. One Did hour. Did they explain it? Uh, they did eventually, yeah. Somebody rammed a car onto the train line in such a way that they couldn't get it out. The person ditched the car and left. So we were stuck stuck between... <laughs> the person whose car it was. Yeah. They okay. weren't in the car when the police got there, as oh. far as I know. Oh. Um, or they had taken them off the seat. I'm not sure. Okay. But we were on this train for a full hour. It was stuck between the two stations. Mm. There was a while... And let me... I, there are so many shows that deal with like what happens when people are trapped in the space together, yes. and they're all like, "They fall apart." I don't believe they fall apart that fast, Mama. They do. They do. They fall apart. Shambles. Shambolic. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. Almost in ten minutes. What do you mean? So, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I want to go ahead and apologise to the creative team behind uh, Loaded. Oh yeah. No, we'll get to that. We'll apology. get to that. Yes. Because I'm going to talk a lot about this train journey. It really pissed me off. So. I had been so responsible. I was going to get to the show by 6.30. The show started at 7. Mm-hmm. I had left at like 5.30. Okay. So, train takes off. Mm-hmm. Shutters to a halt. Yes. I immediately know something's wrong because it does that thing where the train like and stops really abruptly. Yes. And it's like, oh, this ain't good. We've hit an orphan. We've, we've like, <laughs> like, I genuinely thought we'd hit someone. Yeah. Um, and then immediately, I'm sitting in one of those side seats just inside the door. Oh, like the ones for disabled people? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so I'm sitting in that seat. Opposite, like, an older man that shudders to a stop. He immediately looks up at me and goes, ha. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be you're gonna be chatty about whatever's about to happen, aren't you? Um, and he was. He really was. He had a lot to say. Everyone and you screamed, I envy the stop person it. we hit. Stop it. <laughs> stop talking to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when you say everyone lost it, you mean... <laughs> God, I immediately went to pieces. What? But- I'm on antidepressants. <laughs> I turned right into a werewolf. You can't make that joke. <laughs> it's a funny joke. Um, so immediately, like, people got edgy and shifty. And, like, ten minutes in, people are sort of, like, looking around. You're like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Who do we eat? And then we heard that the train person was like... What's the train person? The person over the voice. You know when it's not the... the driver? That it's, you know when it's not the driver? It's like, it sounds like it's an automated voice, but the information is all too, like relevant and updated so it must be like so it wasn't that woman that is for some reason Irish and has a name that I can't pronounce no um, oh, oh, oh Ginny I'm, I'm Floofin that's Ginny that's Ginny I mean that's Ginny she's on the tra- 11 tram as well she's like Ginny it sounds like she's saying like Floofin hi everybody I'm Ginny welcome to your route 11 service oh it's like okay Ginny that's great but I need more information about who you are did you try and do an Irish accent for a second there when more information did I? Play it back, guys. You heard I, it. No, I refuse to listen so to that. So we're on this train and this... I'm, what I now am looking at and thinking it must be like an AI-generated voice because AI is on the rise. I don't know if you've heard about this. Mm, I'm terrified. Um, and she was talking about like, attention passengers, there has been a car across the train lines up ahead. We apologise for the inconvenience. And also, she's too calm for it to be someone that's like directly affecting. Yes, because we also heard the train driver did speak to us like twice and she was like much quieter and demure. Oh, and she, she was like, like, oh, this fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no, she wasn't a coal miner. <laughs> hey, train sluts. <laughs> What's up, bitches? <laughs> How are you going? <laughs> the little eggs inside of my long caterpillar body. <laughs> oh, I see. You think the actual train... I know. 
I'm going to go and sleep in a big building after this. <laughs> I thought maybe the driver considers herself to be the brain of the caterpillar. <laughs> And you roll her little eggs that will hatch when she lets you out into the little places where she dumps you. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know how caterpillars reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that. You've seen the hungry, hungry caterpillar. You live it every day. So, so what are they saying? So she, the train driver did talk to us every now and again, but it was like, sorry guys. Like it was very sorry. She was apologetic. Like a depressed panda. Basically, yeah. So about half an hour into us all being stranded in this train, it's very- What state are you in? Uh, don't say Victoria. <laughs> Oh. Um, solid, solid state. <laughs> a solid state. Uh, uh, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting grim in there. Okay. Like I'm got my eyes down, my headphones in. I'm not looking at anyone because there are people. Like there's like a gang of youths down the end of the carriage. Oh there's like a bunch of what genre of youth? Like the, the people, like they're filming TikToks. They're not evil or scary. They're just okay. you know young and prone to outbursts that are loud. So I got scared. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, this chatty man opposite me who kept going like, oh, why can't they just reverse the train? Why can't they just take the train for? I'm like, I don't know. Probably, <laughs> is he asking probably, you directly or is he like, asking with the sky? He's the sort of person that will make eye contact with someone, mm. lure them in and then say, oh, can you believe this? Like a charity worker. Like a charity worker. Mm. Yeah. Time can you believe this? What? Shit. How many homeless people there are? <laughs> yeah, I put them there. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Their house is down. Yeah, you figure it out. Uh, so it's getting shambolic. It's getting scary. And then eventually, like this, like one tradie was clearly very desperate to get off the train. He was very near the door the whole time, okay. eyeing off the emergency exit. And the then emergency exit. Yeah, you know, like the the little red lever you. Can Ooh, pull. that brake thing. Yeah, I've, yeah. And the, like uh, you could see him thinking about doing that. Yeah, because he was like talking to his partner. And she was like with him, and he was like, "Oh, should I?" And she's like, "No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't." And he's like, "I'm gonna." And That's he, the tone she used? She was, was like, should like, I do this insane thing? And she was like, oh, babe, don't. He did it. He did it. He did it. He pulled the emergency exit. What happened? They yanked the doors open. And like them, the tradie and his partner. And then the like, tradie gets up. Does she agree to the plan? Yeah, eventually. He gets up, pulls the emergency brake. Does it come down easy? It's, so this is the thing I was curious as well. I've never mm. seen it work. It opened with like a hard snap. Like it was like oh. a, like, yeah, it felt like there was sort of like a break it down. And then nothing happened. And oh. then she was like, push it back up. And he did, nothing happened. Oh. And then they just pulled the doors open. So I assume it just like releases whatever keeps the doors in place. It doesn't oh actually God. open them. Okay. So like it, she pulled it down. I mean, he pulled it down. They pulled the doors open and then jumped down into pitch black because <gasps> it was nighttime. Oh my God. Into the like stones. You know the stones that oh, are the on the yeah, into the stones. And I heard them hit the stones. I was like, uh, that doesn't sound good. They were fine. Uh-huh. But then like a bunch of other people jumped off. This old man and I who was sitting right by the doors, the one who was very keen on talking, was like, oh, maybe we should. And I was like, do you think it's worth it? Like, it's really, it's a long way down. So he tricked you. You started talking to him. He did trick me. <laughs> and then by the time I realized, oh, this might be my only way off this train for a long time, mm. the train driver had come past and closed the door again. Climbed in, closed the door, reactivated the emergency um, release, yeah. and was like, we can't keep these open because we can't get the train to move and we're about to get moving. Oh. And so we were like, oh, great. Then they were like, we're going back to Thornbury. Oh. And so we were like, oh, for fuck's sake. And they had organised buses which are going to take an hour to get to us. Uh-huh. And then, as they're about to pull back to Thornbury, they were like, actually, we are going to go to Flinders. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna go to Flinders right now. Let's go. <laughs> you know what, guys? Fuck it. Let's we're go doing to that it. Place. We're doing it. We're gonna do what we originally said we would. So they in this time, we were there long enough that they had someone come in, some machinery, pull the car off the train tracks, get it out of the way, and get the road ready to go again. Like huh. it, it, we were there. Basically, we were just there long enough for them to do that. Uh-huh. A full sixty minutes. Right. Uh, and then off we went. And I was a half hour late to this show. And let me tell you. Mm. <laughs> no, <they're>, shut up. <laughs> There is an energy 
mm. you get from an audience when you are late to a show. Oh, so now you're at the Malt House. I'm at the Malt House because okay, I, I was. So by the time you get to Flinders Street, Loaded has started. Oh, Loaded had fully started. Uh, I got to Flinders Street probably like seven twenty. Okay. It had started at seven. Yeah. And then I walked at a brisk pace. I was also breaking in new docks, so like it was like I couldn't walk very fast. Okay. So life was really difficult <laughs> for me. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> <laughs> um, got all the way there, mm. got in, mm. and then there is an energy from the audience that I understand because I know that I have given this energy off before. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is like. I was I was in row D, seat seven. Okay. And let me tell you, okay. it sounds like it's off to the side. It's not. That it's is quite dead center. And you are sent to that seat. I'm sent to that seat. It's a full house. God. So I have to go up, and then like. Sorry, the- I just have to ask. At no point in this journey were you considering giving up. You were oh, going. Oh, I to considered. Loaded. I considered. Okay. But we also had plans afterwards, and Who I did. Flynn and I. Okay. Because I went to see you with Flynn. Is um, Flynn there? Flynn is already in the show. Yeah. Okay. He, he and two of our friends have already gone in to see the show. They've okay. left my ticket at the front door. Sure. Um. So. I decided that I couldn't, I, I considered not going, I considered giving up and being beaten, but with my new mindset of wanting to like overcome things and go out and do stuff, uh-huh. this was really getting in the way of it. Sure. So I was like, if I just let this night defeat me, I will go home and like just be really sad. Okay. So I got there and then having to like clamber across seven people <sighs> in the dark at the Malthouse Theatre. Quack, quack, while the show is happening. While the show is fully happening. Oh. And it is like a very serious scene. Oh. I'll get to it. It was like, the energy I got from them was, what the actual fuck do you think you're doing? Yeah. It was like, they were glaring at me, uh-huh. like, just so, like, how dare you? Yeah. Like, that's what I felt from them. God. I don't know how much of that was in my brain, but uh-huh. I definitely got glares. I get that. And I get it. I mm. get it. Like, it's mm. annoying. But also, like, I can't control the trains. <laughs> I can't control them. I wish I could, Jake. I'm not in charge of the PTV. God, now and then I really get a glimpse of how different our brains are to each other. What were you going to say? There is no world where I walk into that show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are different. We are different. Like, I... The moment that I get to Flinders Street and I'm that late, I don't even walk to the Malt House. Sure. There is not a world where I rock up to the Malt House and I hope... Oh, is there, like, a weird off-to-the-side chair you have for these moments where someone's super late? There is no way that I'm going to D7 halfway through... Like, half an hour into a show. In the... Regardless of the show. show. You're really... Really, regardless. Truly, there is not a show where I would do that. Wow. And I'm thinking of, like, my dream performances. Not a... Like the new revival of Oklahoma. you could tell me that Rob Mills is doing a one-man Oklahoma. Striptease. I don't even like Oklahoma. Like a show that I really like. Uh, you could tell me that Rob Mills is doing a one-man adaptation of a Sarah Kane play. And I'm half an hour late. I am not going into that theatre. Okay. We Okay. Well, that, look, that does make... Not to belittle you as a wimp. No, do it. That does make me feel better in terms of... I'm at least proud of myself that I did push through and oh, go in. Oh, that's a current... That should almost be like a Herculean test. Yeah, and it, <laughs> but the thing is, it felt like it. Like, it really was... Mm. Oh my god, I feel awful. These people hate me. Um, the actor, Danny, was like yeah. on stage, glanced at me as I came in. Like, there was a look. Oh my of god. Like, he, like, he recognised that I was late to the show. Uh-huh. Which is fine. Like, obviously, you know, no problem. It's fine. It's going to happen. But it just made me feel, oh shit, I've, ups- I've interrupted his flow. I've uh-huh. interrupted the audience's flow. Uh-huh. I had to climb over these people. You were breaking in shoes. I was breaking <laughs> in shoes! I had the loudest, swishiest pants on. Oh my god. Luckily, I'd taken my keys off my belt and put them in my bag. And I had turned my phone off before I got in. Because I was like, I cannot be the person that arrives late and then my phone goes off. Well, can you imagine being disruptive? Move. (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) And then I want to preface before, I think we need to like do the dun 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 again at some point because we will talk about the show. But I want to preface that 
to anyone listening that is involved in the show or mm-hmm. what is incurious about the show, this is a... Uh, my view of the show is heavily tainted by this experience. Uh-huh. In terms of, like, I walked in fuming. I was angry. I missed all the key character Oh, so you were walking in angry because you'd been, like, surgeon injustice by the train system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was okay. fuming. I was singing red. Like, I was actually very, very angry. Oh, sure. And I was, I was telling myself, that's fine. Just feel angry and just let it roll off. There's nothing you can do about it. This is another time our brains are very different. Because I'd be mad at myself for fucking up my stupid life by, you know, being foolish enough to trust a train, for not getting a oh, sooner sure. train. Oh, sure. I've no, this like, is something I've learned. This is something I've learned right. mainly from Flynn as well. Okay. You just gotta let it roll off and you've gotta allow yourself. This is something that Flynn specifically taught me. Let yourself feel the feeling, mm. acknowledge it, say, yes, I'm angry. I'm angry for these reasons. It's justifiable. I have no control over it. Let's mm-hmm. just be furious. Okay. And then, you know, however later, you just go, yep, I felt that. All right. And then you move on. Okay. Uh, and I did that during the show. So while I was seeing the show, I was going through all this mental arithmetics of, am I not angry yet? Am I. Am I viewing this show properly? Are they still looking at me? Do they still hate me? Like so, okay. It's a real shame because from what I what I did see in the show, I really enjoyed. But it just means that I can't really, I can't speak about the show as a whole. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, sure. No, no, um, but yeah, but as I yeah, spoke with Elizabeth about and the mm. two of us a number of times. Even when we see like preview performances of shows, we flag that it's a preview, and we also flag that it's like our unique experience of what the show is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. So yeah, but no, it was such an awful start to the night like sure. really just got in the way of happy brain almost immediately yeah and it was like i ran for that train mm-hmm. i ran for that train and i got it by the hair of like you know hair of my teeth yeah and it the first stop didn't even make it the, i'm gonna stop going on about no, this great. no for some reason the universe wanted you on that train it yeah and the same thing happened it's like this what morning. mark Wahlberg off that 9-11 plane but the opposite. Oh, that's right. Because what's that story? Mark Wahlberg was meant to be on one of the planes that hit the Trade Center. Holy shit. And then he missed it. Um, and I think the same thing happened to Seth MacFarlane. Really? I believe so. Oh, my God. Why has Seth MacFarlane not made a musical yet? Um, I have no idea. He's I a very know. talented singer. And I like, have to assume that's what's next. Because it seems right. Because, like, South Park did a musical. Mm-hmm. It makes... It, it, well, it's Seth Park did Oh, you mean, like, Trey Parker Ball. and Matt Stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, sure. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not the South Park. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. I presume I'm certain that he believes that he has the skill set necessary to put on a musical. What sort of show do you think he could do? Obviously, he's not going to be like Family Guy Live. <laughs> I think it'd be with his tendency towards like jazziness and old school sensibilities. I, th- mm. I think it'd kind of have the, I don't know, and his desire, I don't know, his passion for like parody and stuff. Maybe yeah. it'd be like an old school musical, but it has elements of oh, contemporary yeah. sensibility inside you're, of it. You're absolutely so right. So it might feel a bit like Hello Dolly, but in actuality, it's like also like a silly story about like farcical sexcapades. Well, I think what if, what if it was somehow like, here's my pitch. It's like two modern day Broadway actors who are auditioning for all these parts mm. somehow stumble into like a time traveling device <laughs> that takes them back to like the golden age. Mm. And then they have to work in that industry then. Sure. Yeah. Then, something like there that. There we go. What do you think of that? That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. In my mind. No. Yeah. No. I, I think maybe some amalgamation of like a gentleman's guide to love and murder mm. meets like, oh, hello. Mm. I'd say maybe like something like that would likely be the output. Yeah. That's good. From a Seth MacFarlane musical. Anyway, so yeah, you arrive at Loaded, you're furious. It's I'm furious, passes. I sit down. Okay. Now, again, I missed a lot of important yes. setup. Uh-huh. I haven't read the book, I haven't seen the movie, I didn't listen to the audio play, so I know nothing about this show. Fantastic. All I knew is that it was like an Australian story, uh-huh. and that was it. Uh, it is a story about 
a young gay man named Ari. Mm-hmm. He's 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from a migrant family, Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole story is concerning his sort of journey, discover him, discovering himself as a gay man and as a Greek man, and those two ideologies sort of coming up and butting against each other. Okay. Um, yeah, is the premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole story follows him. Have you have you read the book or seen the movie or read, listened to the audio book? No, none of these things. None of these things, right. Okay. No. So the whole thing takes over the, the, the course of one evening mm-hmm. from the show that I saw. Um, and yeah, it's called Loaded because he's loaded with drugs. Okay. Like, my goodness, this character does a lot of drugs. Okay. Uh, when I walked out, when I, I assume, I, I later heard from my, from my friends I saw the show with, uh-huh. that one of the opening bits is he does, like, injects heroin. Like, okay. straight up. So mm-hmm. it's like, he's not fucking around. I missed that, so it sort of was a slow build for me. <laughs> Um, again, I had a different experience. Okay, so it's not just like party drugs. He's not just doing like lots of MD. He's doing like heroin. He's doing everything that is offered to him and he can get. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, so it seems, so he goes out and, and have, I don't know how much of this we can, I can talk about on air, but. Because of? Legality. The legality of what? Having Did... a big druggy night. Okay. Oh, sure, but Danny didn't then start selling you drugs and you purchased some. No, no, but I no, think not legally then. we can talk about this piece of art you saw. I think. <laughs> yeah, good point. Okay. Um, so first thing to get out of the way that I will allude to constantly. This cannot possibly be the first thing. <laughs> You've gotten a lot of things out of the way already. Okay. Well, okay. This should have been the first thing, really, about the show. Danny Ball, who is playing the main, the only character, Ari. Mm. Um, it's just got to be said, stunning. I went to NIDA with him! You went to NIDA with him! I did. Is he a nice person? Wonderful. Say he's bad on this podcast. Can you imagine? Oh my god, I can't stand him. Unbearable. Well, that's so lovely. No to hear. charisma. Because he's also, like, yeah, I, I, I do need to say, just seeing this man alone on stage, because many times he was shirtless, many times he's just being sexy on stage. Like, oh, beautiful. Jesus so gorgeous. Christ. I'm allowed to be horny, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, beautiful man, beautiful man. Um, and and there is something about sitting in the dark and watching just an utterly beautiful person do stuff is yeah. magic. Yeah. Like that is magic. There is a form of magic in it, and of course he's a good performer, so that helps. <laughs> what are you disgusted? No, no, I have no feedback. Good report. Thank you so much. Uh, and then that leads me into there was one moment mm. it, was, it, it was a moment of these little acorns of beautiful magical theatre moments that stick with you I had just walked in I had sat down I was sort of thrown I was trying to figure out what was going on because <laughs> <laughs> yep. he's, he's in the middle of this long monologue and I could I, I still can't tell you what it was about because I was halfway through uh, and and so I took in the set it was this beautiful, like, blue-tiled arch going over the front, mm-hmm. and then a smaller arch sort of um, behind it in red. Mm-hmm. And then this, the floor was this grey cement-looking stuff that was had, like, this sort of gutter around it that made it look, like, almost ritualistic. Okay. Like, it felt, like, very much like an ancient Greek sort of... Or, like, a gutter, like, that's where, like, blood would go? Exactly, okay. yes. It felt very much like some sort of traditional um, ceremonial pit... And it had this little semicircle seat on the middle of it that sort of sat there that he would use for various things. Like a bench. Like a bench. <laughs> uh, it was a really beautiful set. So I wasn't... But the thing is, I hadn't been able to take it all in. And, and you know when you start a show and you're sitting down waiting for it to start and you go like, oh, I reckon that's going to turn into this or I reckon this is going to be a balloon drop up there or something. You can start spotting things. Mm. I hadn't had time to do that. Okay. So I didn't take in that there was a revolve. Okay. And so there was this stunning moment where Danny is... He's just taken off his shirt for the first time that I've seen. So I'm immediately just in this sort of primal brain, like, beautiful, gorgeous, 
I mean, the dark, the lighting is beautiful, the set is gorgeous. And he starts doing this beautiful traditional Greek dance. Uh And it's sort of... Because the character of Ari is sort of butting up against his own masculinity. And sort of like, he doesn't want to come off as gay and he doesn't want anyone to know. He's not actually gay. And so he's sort of like... Then, I can't remember why, but he dives into this beautiful dance. Which is like this sort of sultry, slow-moving, feminine sort of traditional dance. And this beautiful music starts up and then he starts revolving Mm -hmm. and for the briefest moment my brain was like wait what's happening how is this happening this is like the way he was sliding across the floor was so beautiful Mm. and the way he was dancing was so hypnotizing Mm. that I was just for a second transported somewhere else and it was so lovely it reminded me (laughs) a lot a place where all the trains run on time oh god I wish (laughs) no one day we'll get there Um, it reminded me a lot of um, Amleth um, mm-hmm. that, so that, that ancient Persian dance inspired Hamlet and it was sort of like just felt like I was transported to a different time and I really loved it great so that was just a fun moment mm. um, the language in this show is aggressively sexual okay like aggressively sexual okay like talking about like his thick salty cum spurting down the back of my throat I swallowed him all like every line is like that uh-huh. um, and it was, it was like shocking at first, but it was so gratifying to hear it used in a way that wasn't for jokes. Right. Like it was just, that's the way he spoke. That's the way I assume the book has been written. And that's the way this character thinks. And there was a lot of audience members that did sort of nervously laugh about it. Mm. And you could tell like, you know, the older mothers and, and, and fathers were being very uncomfortable. But it was sort mm. of like, there was this wonderful energy of, oh, here's this beautiful man on this big stage in this reputable theatre talking about disgusting grotty stuff that some a lot of gay people do get up to yeah and and it is like a part of our lives Mm. and it sort of felt like it's nice being seen (laughs) yeah it felt it was nice being in a space that felt so like traditional and theatrical but hearing the language of our people Mm. sure yeah it was really really lovely um and just the amount of sexy Stuff this guy was getting up to at 19. What did you do when you were 19, Jake? <laughs> uh, 19. It, what was it? I was in my undergrad at the time. Mm. Uh, wasn't an especially sexual time mm. in terms of... No, 19? Yeah, no. In terms of the amount of sex I was having, no. Or drugs you were doing. You weren't, like, doing speed, marijuana, smack cocaine, no, cocaine. I was more so focusing on becoming a decent actor. <laughs> How's that going Really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I was yeah. focusing on at the time. Yeah, yeah. No, no, a famously dry time in terms yeah, of my encounters same. with, with I think sex. If, I think if either of us did what this character did in one night, I think we would die. Mm-hmm. Like, flat out, I think we would die. If we went from zero to 100 like that, I'm sure we would. Yeah, yes. yeah, fair enough. Um, but... <laughs> doesn't mean bringing a medical lens to what you're suggesting. No, it's good to have the real world grounding us. But it did sort of feel like I've had some big nights. Mm. And it did... This show really captured the feeling of, like, what those big nights are like. Like, it's okay. just that crazy whirlwind of... I need more. I need to go to this place. I need to get away from this place. I need to go to this person, get away from this person. Mm. Um, And I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed seeing that done so well. Again, I wish I had seen the first half hour (laughs) to know who the characters he was talking about were. (laughs) I pieced it together as we went along. There was a lot of like, with my not knowing what was going on, there was a lot of like, is he talking about having sex with his brother? Or is he talking about having sex with someone who sounds like 
the same person as his brother. Like, there was a lot of, like, I don't know, there were a lot of people named George, John, and Jerry and things. Okay. And like I, the Three Wise Men. Like the Three Wise Men! Mm. Um, no Ians, though. Um, I also really enjoy the way that Christos writes, or at least Christos and Dan have adapted into the script, um, like, drug highs. Like, the a lot of the show works around um, Danny explaining how he's feeling about this drug that he's on at the time and what it's making him do in his train of thought. And I imagine if I had ever done any drugs, um, that the, they pretty accurately nail what it can feel like. Mm. Like, the train of thought, the way it works and the way it makes you feel, and the way it makes you feel like you need to go and you need to move and you need to do this. And all these beautiful feelings you can feel and all these horrible feelings you can feel. Really just done really well on stage. Largely with language? Largely with language. Um, pretty much only with language. There was a use of, there was use of like, lighting obviously and smoke machines and there was some choreography in the dancing but really was <laughs> so a lot of stagecraft elements <laughs> not a lot every now and like enough <laughs> but it was all otherwise it was just danny speaking on stage yeah it was really yeah okay it reminded me a lot of i think i want to read the book now okay because it reminded me a lot of the trauma cleaner okay have you read the trauma cleaner no but this is one of the three books you've read it's one of the three books that I've read, and I really... I never let anyone forget that I've read it. Uh, it's that story. It's a story about a trauma cleaner, and it's a story about her life as a trans woman and a trauma cleaner in Melbourne in, like, the like 70s and 80s. Sure. So it's like a time capsule of queer history in Melbourne for that time. Mm. And this story seems to be a time capsule for queer history in Melbourne in the 90s, or at the very least, queer intersecting with migrant history. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. Is it set in the 90s? Or they... Well, here's the thing. So the original book was written in the 90s mm. and the play comes across, it has a lot of like grungy 90s feeling vibes. Mm. Um, there are a lot of things that happen in this book that I sort of, that happened in this show, sorry, that did strike me as, I don't know if that would happen now. Like, I don't, but, but again, I don't know. I'm not in that world. Like there's a lot more uh, resentment to being just gay in the world of this play, which I know still exists and yeah. I know is still out there. But the the way it is sort of carried through this story is a very 90s sort of conflicted, am I gay? I don't know about this. Can I be gay? Which I don't know. I don't know if that exists to such an extent so widespread as it is portrayed in this story nowadays. Okay. So, but did they... I heard that they recontextualised this text to be current day. Is that what they yes. did? Yes. Like, they go to the 86, they go to the Peel. I don't know if the Peel's been around since the 90s. It feels like it has. Um, <laughs> but out, but there's enough going on in this story that feels timeless that it, I don't really... It didn't really feel like it would have had to be changed that much, you know? What I mean is... What do I mean? I mean... This, the story and the way it works and the sort of drugged up journey this guy goes on feels to me like it could have been from the 90s or it could have been from last night in that the places they go, yes, they go to the Peel, they go to the 86. But all the experiences he has, are, they're just like doing drugs, um, having sex with men in, in bathrooms or sort of like beautiful encounters with men who are confusing and like straight. In st- and I really enjoyed it and I thought it was great, but it didn't... It didn't to me go, oh, this is a modern tale. This is a modern story. I feel it right now. Mm. And I don't know, again, as I said, I missed a half hour. So who knows if maybe I missed the opening scene where they're like, I love this new Lady Gaga song from 2023. Uh-huh. Um, but it, 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 yeah, I don't know if that 
negatively impacted it for me or not the fact that it didn't feel super modern to me if anything it still felt like a time capsule to me Mm. like it still felt like a piece of theatre that was talking about what it was like to be gay and from a a different community in the 90s okay so like a period piece yeah which Mm. I really liked sure yeah Um, yeah and and Danny is did he always have a lot of stamina as a performer at school because my god that man's got stamina Uh, sure, yeah, he was always amazing. He was always great. Really yeah. lovely, really smart. Yeah. God, that's so nice to hear. Because, yeah, he was he was really incredible um, at sort of portraying all these... Going from um, Ari being this sort of, like, um, self-rejecting, self-hating young man into, like, this sort of camp drag character into this sort of um, butch older woman character. Like, the way he really transitions between all these roles. It's not an interesting thing to say that I find it interesting when actors can play multiple characters. <laughs> But I do. <laughs> and I think he did it really well. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, is this making you think of any anything, Jake? Anything you want to contribute to the thinking story? Thinking of anything. Well, yeah. I'm just, I'm hung up on when you said that it felt timeless. Like, is, it like, feels timeless. That, well, timeless, you brought up the timelessness while you were discussing the, like, the time context and the potential, like, the contemporaneousness, potentially, of the time period that they were dealing with. When you say timelessness, yeah. have you now, like, unmade that, decision in terms of classifying it that way or are you saying that there are elements of maybe specifically the drug experience that feel timeless i think i think yeah i think sorry i understand what you're saying i think it is a really good time capsule of what it was like in the 90s to be gay but i think there are elements of that drugged up story that are timeless that go on you know like because drugs are timeless they just are. They they affect people the same way. Oh, so maybe would it be fair to say that maybe potentially more accurate word that you're looking for is something more like universality in terms maybe. of like the thing that draws people to drugs and their experience of them and the the way that drugs impact mm. lives and the reasons that people turn to them in the first place. Maybe that, yeah. yeah. I guess that is a much better word. Maybe timeless is not the word I'm looking for. Sure. Well, maybe I was just confused because you like brought it up at the same time that you were discussing the murkiness of the time yeah. period. On reflection, I was just saying. Sure. No. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. No. I feel like the actual story and the 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 story that he tells that he goes on of um, that sort of his interactions with his friends. And again, I just gotta keep saying it. I missed a half hour. So yes. Yes. yes, <laughs> no, yes. No, no. But like from what I saw, the interactions he has with um his community that feels like a time capsule of the 90s, even though I know it's been recontextualized for today. Mm. There's something about, I, don't, I can't put my finger on it, there's something about the way that story works mm. that just doesn't feel like that would happen like that today. No, I get that. Yeah. No, certainly too, it's like even when you brought up the timelessness thing, I was thinking about you talking about what I thought you were saying about it maybe being like a timeless way that gayness will exist in like Australian society mm. or whatever. It's like that obviously, like not being the case now. Yeah. Um, but the idea, it just made me think about untethering the notions of like the way that stigma culturally impacts to talk about the gay community specifically, mm. like the experience of, you know, like a, like a 20 something, was he 19? 19. Like a 19 year old gay man is going to be so different depending on the, you know, contemporary timeline upon which you plonk him to have his gay experience. Exactly. And then to think then of the way that stigma directly impacts, like for you as a gay man to be able to identify that it potentially doesn't exist in the world that they're painting because the way that stigma is shaping his identity mm. doesn't mirror that which you consider today's well, this pocket of society to present. You have said that so well, and I think that is exactly what I mean. I, th- I think if... And look, I get, who knows what is really going on out there in the world? This story could very well unfold. It just takes the right people. But I think on the whole... Nowadays, a 19-year-old young gay, even young confused person who is going to gay clubs like this character was, mm. I think would find that there, there would be a more accepting vibe. I think there would be a more educated 
attitude. I think there would be a lot more education around what being gay is and that it's not bad. I'm and I, it sounds so oversimplifying, like I'm oversimplifying it, but I think the the story that unfolds in this show, I just think it would take some real key factors for that to happen. Oh sure, oh sure. But even outside of all that, like even outside of accuracy, like there's something to be said for like this being a collection of people's truths and the people oh, who totally. come together to tell this story. It's well, it's clearly honesty in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So what was I saying? So that element of it, I think, is is that that's what I mean by the time capsule of the '90s. That sort of when it, when and I don't want to say this, but when it was like it was really edgy to be gay. Like it was out there to be like going out and being gay and doing gay things. You, do you know what I mean? Because your face makes you makes me think I've said something weird. <laughs> you have said something weird, yeah. but sure. But I understand that, like, in a '90s Melbourne context, the type yeah. of athlete gayness you're describing that this show is in some ways drawing upon. Yeah, yeah, it is like a especially what it sounds like in like the Greek community and yes. in the family that this character is in. It's like a it's a real sidestep in terms of acceptable normalcy. I th- yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But the drug story. Story of the drugs—that's timeless. Like the 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 way that the the way that the character expresses the drugs are making him feel and act are mm. something that I could relate to if I had ever done drugs. Right. If I'd ever done any of them, I would. I think I would understand what he means, mm-hmm. and I think I would say that he has done that very well. Has it made you more enticed by the notion of doing drugs? It's definitely put me off doing the harder ones, uh-huh. not the which I genuinely have never done, like heroin. Uh-huh. Um, but. If anything, Jake, it's sort of made me think, I should go out and party more. <laughs> I should do more. It had the euphoria effect. It had the, it had the euphoria effect. It did. And I want to dance with Zendaya. <laughs> I, I want to go to a club and have sex with someone in the bathroom. Let's do it. That sounds fun. Mina Suvari did heroin. <laughs> what? You continue what you were oh, saying. Oh, me and Suvari. I thought you said me and Suvari. No, no, me and Suvari, no. All we do is, you know, play backgammon. Mina Suvari did heroin with her bad boyfriend. That? Mina Suvari is the one from American Beauty that's like naked in the rose petals. Yep. I know that scene exists. That's a parody by Family Guy. Um, that's my frame of reference. Yeah, so it's made me want to read the book. I really want to read this book because mm-hmm. it sounds like... A, a nice because there aren't many nice little Melbourne cornerstones of queer history out there. I think. Sure. Well, there's holding the man. Hold, well, exactly. The, well, the the fact that you can name them, like you know, like oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. No, no, I know you're not. What I do just, you mean, James? There's a whole library devoted to it. What, like those are the ones. Like there's trauma cleaner, holding the man, and and I can't. I'm sure there are other ones, but I want to read them. I sure. want to know more about queer history in Melbourne. Yeah, great. Ah. Um, so apologies to the cast and creatives of... Logan. And audience members, potentially. <laughs> no, fuck the audience members. Fuck the audience members. The energy they gave me was so mean and rude. If you had story. been sitting in that audience and someone... You know what I would have done? You know what I would have done? What? I would have said, this is an inconvenience, but I don't know their life story. <laughs> and I would have said, please, please, please come in. Please come into our... You would have thought that before it exactly happened to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would have. The things that you've criticised audience members for doing... And you're going to sit there... Number... Letters... <laughs> it's A, B, C, D. It's not that hard. What do... Oh, this is you being mad that people ask the ushers where to sit. When <laughs> you know that you're in row B and you're like, where's row B? It's like, where the fuck? So you would rather someone walk to D7 in the middle of a monologue than ask an usher twice Yes, because I know sit. that's out of their control. I know that's something they don't want to do. How do you know that? Because no one wants to rock up to a show late. Like you, you would not rock up. There are plenty of people that don't mind being late for things. Like me. Ugh. Oh. 
Um, yeah. So again, sorry that I was late, and I hope I have not missed a like a key piece just before I walked in that summarizes everything. That's what you're hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but I really like the show. I think it was good. I wish you'd gotten down onto the train tracks. Same! Oh my god! That would have been a much better story. Yeah. Yeah, I wish... I almost did. I almost did, but then they closed the door. And it was like... It was a... You know, trains are tall. Like, it was a real... It was a real jump down to the hard rocks. Mm. But I had my big docks on. You had your big docks so you couldn't go on the rocks. Could have made it. Could have... Oh, that's good. That's not good. That's rhyming. Just anything that rhymes isn't inherently impressive. Could be. Could be. (laughs) Hello, dingus. Oh, <laughs> I see Claire. Who's Dingus? Who's Dingus? Who could you be talking my to? My Dingus. My Dingus Jamesy. My little Dingus. <laughs> oh. You're singing about your penis. What? It sounds like you're singing about your penis. D- my Dingus. My di- I wonder if people... Mm, I, I, I really hope they don't call their penis Dingus. <laughs> that's a Vajutes and that's a Dingus. <laughs> anyway. <so laughs> Welcome back to Praise Dionysus. Praise him. Oh, Dingus. I went to Club Voltaire... Oh, yeah. Remind me where that is. It's... Oh, I barely know. It's like Rawr. North Melbourne. Did you rare it because I said barely? Yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah, like North Melbourne. Every time I go there, it feels as if I've never been there in my life. And I've been there a number of times. Yeah, you have. Is it like that sort of like uh, like burlesque cabaret one? It would be if you put burlesque inside Shut of it. No, up. burlesque cabaret. That's the one on Flinders Street. Okay, that's, you know that's what I mean. The speakeasy. That's speakeasy. So Club Voltaire is like smaller. It's got like a. It's like a real sweet like upstairsiness. Great. Like it's. It, it feels like it could have like it maybe used to be like a dentist's place, like a place where you go to see the dentist, but then the dentist was found out for actually being like I don't know harboring fugitives or something. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd dentist. If it was yeah, Sweeney Todding people at the dentist. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but now they turn into like a, a neat little performance space. Where I believe they do a lot of. Stand- up comedy is a, oh, interesting. a lot okay. of what they do there as well. But yeah, I've seen a bunch of shows there. Um, and yeah, so yeah, went there by myself, got there on time. Well done. Thank you. God, it's hard these days. Not to be a boasty bitch. Yes, yes, it's hard. And <laughs> really hard. I yeah, got I get it. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> I was trapped. Carry on. Got there, walked upstairs, went inside, immediately ran into my pal Amelia. I don't know if you've had the pleasure of meeting Amelia yet. I don't know yet. if I have. I don't think you have, but yes, yeah, such a wonderful she sight. She sounds great. She's fantastic. Sure. Really, really great. Um, yeah, hugged her a bunch. And then while waiting in the foyer before the show was to begin, also got to meet the guy that wrote Lenore. Oh, Lenore. Oh. Edgar Allan Poe. In uh, show <laughs> with with the character Edgar Allan Poe in it, absolutely, yeah. and others starring Sebastiano Pizzuzzello. Oh, yeah, that was the first time you saw Sebastiano, wasn't it? No, well, that was the first time I'd seen him on stage, and right. I had like a yeah, like a yeah, yeah. we'd never had a conversation, but we saw each other because we already worked at the same workplace kind of relationship. Yes, but I was a bartender; he was an usher. We were star-crossed, and yes. then yes, <laughs> it's Romeo and Juliet. It's all it's all like history now. Anyway, so then, so yeah, got to got to speak to the writer of like Lenore for a while. Which That's is cool. So wonderful, you know. Um, anyway, so then the, the curtains were drawn back. And Did we you say you liked Lenore? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, because God, I love that show so much. Yeah, you did. You still talk about it. I do often. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, went inside, sat down. Um, I sat in the front row, and then Amelia, who was sitting like <laughs> the other side of the room, and a row back, criticized my decision. <laughs> seemed to suggest it was kind of psychotic of me, but it's like no. 
I used to think it was pretty psychotic of you. But a lot of people you do. You have explained to me since that it's because you don't want to know that there's other people there. And if you sit in the front row, you can ignore the audience behind you. I, I also just, I, I don't want that to be a mitigating factor in terms of my emotion and enjoyment. You well, know? That's like, exactly I don't want, what I mean. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I just, the way you said it made it sound like I resented the fact that I had to see it with other people. I'm very glad there are oh, other no, people. I, didn't mean that. I just don't want them, to, like, I don't want their noggin to be in the way of me seeing everything that these artists are doing. Yes. You know? No, that's what I mean. That's what I meant. Good, okay. It's just your version made me sound judgmental and cruel. <laughs> I'm not judgmental and cruel. <laughs> I would have been okay with you walking in during Loaded. I needed you to be there. You needed me to be there? Yeah. So that I could hush them all as they booed you. Oh, shush! <laughs> you don't know his story. Maybe he was He trapped. can't control the trains. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So I was sitting there in the front row of Club Voltaire. Great. I was the only one in the front row. Perhaps that heightened house oh, I to get lost. <laughs> that is psychotic. That is now psychotic. We're sitting there. I'm looking at like a naturalistic little situation. There's a couch in the middle. There's a lamp and such. There's a little bin and so forth. Is there a little picture of someone? <laughs> a little... Oh, good question. Good question. Little picture? No, there was like a painting. Oh. Like a little painting of the ocean. Um, no, I don't think there were any pictures of anybody. Uh, so you're right. No, uh, no, that was lacking. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then it starts happening. And then, <laughs> um, the lights go down and then we hear some like footsteps coming. And then like a handsome gentleman in his underpants walks out from backstage and through the audience and then to behind us, there's some clinking and some clanking. And then he returns with a bottle of water and he sits down and sips upon the water. The actor's name is Jesse Donaldson Jarrett. And thus begins Neil LaBute's play, The <laughs> way we get by. <laughs> Great. Yes. What a thorough introduction. <laughs> then there would be, you know, theme music, theme music. <laughs> what happened we, next, Jay? <laughs> now we get into the conversation. <laughs> God, okay. You've really been doing this for the past six weeks. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. um, so it's Neil LaBute. Do you recognize that name? You do. Hmm. Not off the top of my head. No? No. Okay, great. But I have a feeling you put me in a trap here where I'm meant to bit. remember. Yeah, go on. We've discussed at least two other Neil LeBute plays. Go on. Yes. Um, what were they? It was like, uh, Reasons to be Pretty. The one that happened at the MC showroom. Yes. Where I kept accidentally saying <laughs> Georgina Charter is his name when I went to, meant to say Prashanti Middling's name. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was a Neil LeBute play. Um, yeah, no. And so it's just like, with Neil LeBute, I always find that like these themes keep emerging as they do also in this production that I saw, in this play too. Which I would say, I, I listed them down while I was on the tram the other day. Because like, what is it that unites all of these, these Neil LeBute plays? Oh. And the themes that I sort of narrowed it down to, and this list is longer because there are a lot of like overlapping things in the Venn diagrams of his works. Go on. Um, but I had the burden of beauty, like believing that like being beautiful is a really hard thing to do and no one thinks about the struggles of that type of person's experience. Yeah, what's that called? Hot privilege? No, hot... Like, pretty privileged, but if you say it with tears in your eyes. Yeah. Like, everyone's always flirting with me on the bus. Like, that type of thing. Yeah. Which I'm not saying it's invalid. I'm just saying that Neil LeBute likes to talk about it. And the importance of, like, how you look like. Um, the prison of other people's opinions. Oh. You know, which is connected a little bit. And it's like, it certainly is a major theme in this play as well. But, like, the idea of, like, what will they think? Oh, I must behave within their expectations. Oh, I get that Or one. I'll be uncomfortable and judged. And monogamy being a perfectly constructed mansion that we all want to live in. Oh. You know, I just feel like that. And that's probably one of the qualities in his work that I find most, 
I don't know, at least where I'm at now, a bit resentable in the way of like, not everyone wants to be a man with a wife living in a house. It's like, yeah. <laughs> there are other things to strive for that will give you happiness, but it seems like so many of his characters are just like, God, if I just found the right person to love me, everything would be fine. Okay, okay. That's so that's just a thing to think about. yeah. Yeah, so it's a two-hander. So General Jesse Donaldson Jarrett is one of the actors, and the other one is Rosemary Oxman. Mm-hmm. And so she was in, do you remember when I talked about <laughs> Have a Good Night, Walter? Which, yep. yes. Yep. So it's the one that had Bridget Morrison in it, and she was playing, like, the wife of, a like, a father that was kind of, like, maybe losing it a bit, and they had a baby. And then while they were, like, being domestic, these two, like, weird, naked, homeless, crazy people came in. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I remember the first bit, but I don't remember the naked homeless people. Because <laughs> it really takes you by surprise. Yeah. yeah. So, so Rosemary played one of those people that came in and had, like, poetic monologue to do about... Great. Yeah. <laughs> so she was one of those intense characters. Okay, um, okay. Yes, which I'm glad that I now know, because I did not recognise her from that. And then, yeah, reading it in the program, I was like, oh, so good to know that this is the, you know, <laughs> the trajectory the, the she's been on. Dionysiverse. The, yes. Uh. <laughs> yes, so the, the show begins, he sips his water, and then after a little bit, out comes Rosemary Oxman playing Beth. And so she comes out, and they... Beth. What's wrong with Beth? I just think if you're going to name a character, Beth. But why? What does Beth make you think of? I just think... Beth is not a name that I like. That's all. That's all. That's me. That's my personal opinion. Oh, okay. That's just Sorry a stigma Beth's out you're there. bringing to the table. Yeah, absolutely. That's me. That's on me. When you hear Beth, do you think it's a Bethany or an Elizabeth? Bethany. I always think Bethany. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. I think there's just something about Beth that feels a bit... A bit what? I don't know. Like, it's, it's similar to, like, Beryl. You know? Like, it's... You're saying it as if it makes them round. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I mean. You, you, you think they seem like rounder people. What do you mean by rounder? Well, I was talking to my pal Nim yesterday about how she perceives herself to be quite jagged, like in the face, but she's got a rounder face, and it's a conversation oh, no. that's only interesting if you were there and you know Nim. <laughs> See how? But you know how some people say like people are either cats or dogs. Like Julie Klausner believes that everyone's a cat or a dog. Are you a cat or a dog? I I don't know a fish. <laughs> I don't know. I'm cat dog. Your cat dog. Mm. God, why was I thinking about that the other day? Oh, because I was thinking about the idea of constructing, not doing it, the idea of constructing a human centipede, but it's only out of two people and they're connected at the butt. <laughs> but then I realised that, that, that I just invented cat dog. <laughs> yeah, what did they do with their poop? Who? Cat, cat dog? dog. I, is the age-old question. I just assumed you know, that there was like an anus happening somewhere that we just couldn't see because it was yeah, animated. Yeah, like one butthole. Yeah, yes, that would make sense. I wonder if they were in, like... Intestines join at some point. Have you considered doing a stage adaptation of the human centipede? Uh, I've thought about it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you could do that. Thank you. Mm. I think that's one to put on the fucked boil. Up shit that you could get away with. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so only Jake Stewart could get away with that. Oh yeah. Says the poster. <laughs> <laughs> So Beth comes out. Good on Beth. <laughs> and she's, you know, like wearing a sloopy t-shirt. It's very much giving that very recognizable thing of like, oh, okay, there's a woman in a big t-shirt. There's a man in his underpants. They probably banged the night before. Oh. And it may absolutely be the case. <laughs> and now they're in love. So they do sex and now they're talking. <laughs> And now they're sort of like talking about stuff. And it's got that that vibe of like, and this sort of begins the trajectory, of course, because it's the beginning of the play, but also like the tone and what we're sort of in for. And it's quite immediately, like I knew, sorry, I'm half doing a bunch of sentences. So it was like immediately very like conversation-y, naturalism-y. This is absolutely the vibe. And of course, being Neil Butte, that's unsurprising, but that's just letting you know what the tone of the entire creature is. Sure. Um, then I knew only because of going in, in some part of the promo marketing, I'd read that it was in real time. 
And oh. I had forgotten this until the show started. And I was like, is this this one that was in real time? And then it ended up being the one the indeed. One in <laughs> so, yeah, no. So the, the show itself all happens in real time. So it was okay. like, nothing is skipped. There are no cuts. There are no blackouts. It's all just like, go to woe. This is all just happening in front of us. I think that's a good premise. I love that sort of idea. Yeah, why do you love that I idea? Just, I just think... It's sort of like when you watch like a, a, a fascinating scene that's all done in one take. It's just the brain is sort of like, oh, this feels more real somehow. Okay. I so what, do you feel like real-time theatre feels more real and that makes you excited? No, yeah, maybe not more real. What am I trying to say? I'm not quite sure. There's just a certain almost enchanting magic about it. To me. Uh-huh. It sort of feels like, oh. I don't know. I don't know, Jake. I can't elaborate on that. <laughs> okay, well, listening to you speak, I have, for the like, first time thought that potentially it has to do with, like, it does away with, like, stylistic and craft-related elements that somehow feel like maybe it pushes it more in the direction of feeling like reality. That's a good point. You know? Because if you lose things like blackouts and all the things that, like, jump through Scene time. Changes. And with, yeah, Aristotle talking about the, you know, the unity of time, it's like, to do it all in, like, one slab of chunk, like, it's, it, in many ways, kind of... I guess in a lazy way, arguably just is reality in the way of like, it's just two people sitting on stage having a conversation. They are actually having the conversation. Like how many yeah. things turn it into something other than what is real? That's just real. Sort of. That, there you go. I think that's exactly what it is. That's kind of interesting. And it's also like this conversation we're having right now <laughs> is a, like a little bit colored by the fact of like very sort of like fortunately and lovelily, I got to have a conversation with Jesse afterwards, mm. who is obviously the, the guy in the show. So he's like playing balls. Doug mm-hmm. and he's also the director. Oh, so he, like, okay, directed cool. the show as well, yep. which was, yeah, like a, a big thing to, you know, a huge undertaking. So yeah, I got like, like hung around and was burdensome after the show ended and yeah, got to speak to Jesse for a while. Wow. And yeah, I was very grateful for like so much of what he said. One of the things being just his like attachment to the idea of like experimenting with and really enjoying theater's capacity to be very natural and be very realistic and his like real taste, at least at the moment of like wanting to explore naturalism and, and mm. realism in his work and that being part of what like drew him to the, the work in the first place. Oh, that's place. exciting because there's not enough people doing naturalist stuff out there. In what way do you think that is true? What do you Isn't mean? Isn't that something you've also said in the past? Um, oh, there was a phase where I believed that very loudly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, they... feel, I, I just seem to think that it's not done very often. Right, okay, sure. I think yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yep. No, I, remember, I remember this opinion, yeah. And people being sort of more in the mood to see, like, quick, zappy, yes. yeah, stylized, tongue-in-cheek. Which is why I'm excited this. that there's more people now doing it. Sure. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it'll start a trend, yeah. yeah. Oh! oh. So the show continues. <laughs> and then they're sitting around talking about garbage and whatnot, you know. There's, like, stuff that you talk about. And, like, a lot of the conversation, of course, is to, like, relay basic ideas about, like, how well do they know each other? Like, what is this mm. duo? Like, mm. have they humped before? Is yep. this the first hump ever? Dare I say, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> what is this? And then i got to say that, like, something that, um, yeah, these two actors are, of course, very impressive. Um, Rosemary being especially good at, like, and it's interesting because it was a similar thing to what I experienced when I was watching Broken Record in the same venue of like these woman characters displaying these very like uniquely sort of like grating personality traits in a really effective way. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, so yeah. What sort the, of, what do you mean? Well, I'll talk about this example oh. specifically, just in the way of like, <laughs> and I have not had a like a barrel of one night stands at all, but that the, the sensation of, <laughs> the two of them having been quite intoxicated then waking up the next morning and now kind of having this hungover discussion in the very, very early hours of the morning. Mm. And 
And it's, I, don't, I don't mean to make this sound like an explicitly woman thing, because of course I have no sexual experience with a woman. <laughs> I, I guess that I see, we know of. I suppose I see it more often in like media portrayals of women after a one night stand happens, and if they're going to do this style of like a woman waking up for a one night stand, that quintessential version that apparently exists in media tropes mm. of like her seeming like the one that's maybe more into what's happening oh, sure. and being like, oh, come back to bed. Like, what are we doing? Like, let's get break. Like that type of yep, vibe. Yep, yep. And, and yeah, Rosemary's, yeah, that element of Rosemary's performance and characterization very much shone through in the way of it being like, it seems to come from like a, a very honest, snuggly, kind of like vaguely desperate place. And it was nice to watch not just that get expressed, but also kind of like the, I don't know, like the vulnerable desperation of her desire to be like, let's go back to bed. Like wanting to maybe like morph the morning into something a bit more like comfortable and, yeah. and like loving and warm. Yeah, and I get that, it. That I was like, comfort. And that was one of those like, as you've talked about before, like those very recognizably like subtle, but real mm. vulnerable human one-on-one things. Oh, that's so nice. You know, it's just cool yeah. to see that encapsulated in a performance. But yeah, but yeah, no. So then, like, the mountain can continues to get climbed because they <laughs> the lights don't go out. They will have to keep talking for like an hour and a bit. Yeah. So then we watch this thing take place. A lot of it happens with them sitting on the couch in the middle of the stage, mm-hmm. and it's like, as I'm sure we've all probably heard, if you've had a, like like low level directorial conversations with people, people so often talk about like never let an actor sit down for too long because you lose so much of what their body does, mm-hmm. and especially if they're going to sit far back on the seat, they like sink their diaphragm and their like stomach real far back, and then they lose a bunch of their capacity to express or remote or be accessible to a lot yeah. of people. Um, this didn't feel like it really fell into that trap at all, which was nice. Um, that's even if you believe that that paradigm exists. But um, but then on top of that too, is like there was something as well, and maybe partly because I was in the front row, it's like with them sitting down and me sitting down and the time being so constant, it was like, it just feels a little bit like we're kind of all just sitting around witnessing a story occurring. That's interesting. That what was, was that like for you? The, it was just like that. It was like, oh, because they spent so much time sitting on this couch. Mm. It was like, oh, we're, we're all just sitting around. We're all just kind of sitting around, and you two just happen to be talking, and you can't see us for whatever reason, but we're all just sitting around, and life is happening to us all equally, but with the two of you just had sex. <laughs> That's really <laughs> nice. Guess, sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's something, and it's something very like simple and honest and, you know, um, yeah, rudimentary. Yeah, so that was that. There is a twist, Oh. and I will now start talking about the twist, and oh. this is also where I will put in, like, a timestampy oh. thing. So that if you want to either, like, see this production, or if you want to, like, read the script and not have the twist ruined for you, you can skip ahead to, like, a time that I will now say now. Hey, so if you don't want to know what the twist in this play is, go to 1 hour, 37 minutes, and 32 seconds. Said the time. Ooh, was that thunder? Uh, perhaps. Oh. Um, so yeah, if you're still here, be ready for <laughs> the way we get by to be exploded upon you. Is <laughs> the great getting criminal. better at this? <laughs> so about halfway through the runtime of the show, which is why I can't talk about the show without talking about this element of it, because yep. I would leave out half of it. A little bit of a fight happens, and then Beth yells, "Don't do it, or I'll tell Mum." <gasps> Gasp, indeed. <laughs> And Jake immediately said, I'm much more interested. I love incest. He loves it. He loves incest. <laughs> He'll proudly say it. Loves incest. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, keep woeing. What? No, I guess go on is what so, I mean. That, so, of course, I immediately am like, oh my God, please be brother and sister. Was there like an audible reaction from the audience? There was, like, yeah, there was a very much like a... And then the, the, the girl behind me turned to the man that she was with and she was like, they do look like siblings. 
Um, but yes, no. So then what it ends up being like not incest. It ends up being like more of like a Brady Bunch sequel situation. Like, you know how in the very Brady sequel, no. Greg and Marsha move no. into the attic together. No. Then there's a bunch of silhouette jokes and then they, they no. start kissing because they realize that they aren't genetically siblings. You haven't seen... Okay. <laughs> but, but with that so in-depth explanation, so I know. <laughs> so what we then, through a lot of like very specific exposition, we come to learn that they are step-siblings. Right. And that they are, they are, there is no shared blood between the two of them. And so, of course, Jake's incest interest <laughs> withers a little. <laughs> oh. Still enough. Because you're so starved. Oh, it's still it. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, of course. Yeah, step step. And that's the thing. But that's the thing. Even, like, immediately afterwards when I went to speak to Amelia about it, and we were, like, frantically, like, having to leave but wanting to talk about the show in, like, the, the car park outside, <laughs> we were both like, okay, quickly tell me, like, your first three thoughts about the entire thing. And then, of course, one of my, like, stupid things that I had to say to her immediately was like, I wish they'd gone harder with the incest. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to waste precious moments with Amelia being like, oh, no, but it's for all these reasons. Mm. So... And they had to do the thing with my friend Costa the other day. <laughs> He's 19, not super well versed in theatre. And one of the first things I told him about the show that I saw on the weekend was about how there was incest in it, but I wanted more. <laughs> and then I had to walk him through my you past. You making friends. <laughs> then I had to walk him through my past with incest and explain the whole thing of like, I wrote a play about gay incest. I'm very desensitized to the issue. I, of course, am not an advocate for it in real life, but I'm certainly, if you are secretly in an incestuous, consensual adult relationship, come to me if you have any concerns <laughs> and I can be an empathic ear to, for you to talk to. Ah, uh, these are Jake's opinions. I just wanted to go ahead and distance myself from him in this moment. <laughs> and it's too large an issue for us to talk about. If you want to know more, purchase my play. <laughs> there you go. It's called Fraternal. Which is purchasable, isn't it? It is. It's also, it was, a monologue from it was used for like auditioning for a drama school. <gasps> really? Quite recently. Oh my God, Jake, you didn't tell me that. I forget what school it was, but that was That's really exciting. Congratulations. Anyway, this isn't about me. Okay, but that's yep. to say, <laughs> yes, there is step incest in this play, um, and I wish it were real incest. <laughs> not, not to My shame. one note. <laughs> I wish they were brother and sister. But it was interesting because even like it's always like I don't know, cool. To, like when you talk about like effective drama, you talk about stakes, you talk mm. about storytelling, and yeah, to have one of those like big world-turning twists in the center of it. Um, it's yeah. always just like a cool device to witness. It's so it's part of what makes it so exciting to be in an audience of people and getting to feel them kind of twist underneath it. And as well to get to feel them deal with something like, if you aren't me, if you aren't someone that's very accustomed to thinking about and being, <laughs> you know, open to thoughts like incest, mm. um, uh, not to sound self-aggrandizing, I just, again, with incest, I'm fine with it you can on stage. You can self-aggrandize about this, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> not to boast, but I love it when siblings <laughs> yeah. bang. Yeah, I think you're saying. <laughs> on stage, to clarify. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but to get to feel kind of like an audience dealing with this thing that, in this instance, I'm sure, um, unless there were a bunch of real, like, labute heads in the audience, it felt as if no one really saw it coming, apart from the yeah. genius behind me. But, um, yeah, to get to, like, be in a crowd of people going through that type of... And even just, like, not a twist, but also a twist that then throws them into really murky, uncomfortable oh, totally. territory. Anytime theatre makes people have to sort of feel a little bit of, like... I want to say revulsion. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, anytime, anytime theatre makes people... Forces them to confront things they never thought they would be thinking about. Yes. That's great. Oh my God. That's good stuff. To witness that. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And that sounds like a really good example of that. Mm. Yeah, my God. I mean, what a twist to sure. just come out of left field with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You realize now that we've done that, we're going to have to go to the timestamp and then not mention the word incest beyond this point. But I, that's all I want to talk about all I the know, time. I know, so get it all out now. Oh, God, I think that's all I have to say about that issue. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, good. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Oh, that didn't want to. That thunder. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Winter, Jake. I may just use a different sound effect. Please use the you. thunder, otherwise it won't work. <laughs> Um, yeah, welcome back everyone that didn't want to have it spoiled. Best of luck with handling what goes down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, with it being a Labute play, discussions surrounding how they should feel about their relationship and how they should let their relationship be dictated by the people around them that, that will potentially have to exist alongside as they continue to maybe care about each other. Yep. Um, is a lot of what the end of the play uh, directly deals with. So, great. That's always an interesting topic. Do you think so? Yeah, well, I, I think anytime people talk about letting other people's opinions influence who they are, it sort of enters into that, are we raised by our our, our families or by the world? You know, that's sort mm -hmm. of like what really is the defining factor of who you are as a person. Yeah. And do we just listen to love because it's love and, you know, that's meant to be the purest form of guidance. It's the Look, soul's compass. As someone who is in love. You're in love. I'm in love. Uh-huh. Humiliating Fester you. Fester loves. That's an Adams Family reference. Um, Which version the of the Adams Family? The musical. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I... It's spooky Lacage Fall. <laughs> Continue. It is spooky Lacage Fall. Yes. Um, as someone who is in love. Yes. Um, I also, before I was in this love, believed that love was a fabrication and love is, is not all that's hyped up. Mama, it is. It's everything. Love is everything. Love is everything. What does that mean? I've never felt better than when I'm thinking about my love for Flynn. Golly. It is, it is one of the best feelings I've ever had. When you think about your love for Flynn. When I sort of reflect on my, my love for him, his love for me, the relationship we're in, the joy I get out of it, the joy he gets out of it, it just makes me feel better than I've ever felt. Okay. And it is great. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people who are in love cling to. The fact okay. that it's... And then later on in life, if the relationship starts failing and you're still clinging on to that feeling, maybe there's a problem. So but I'm not there yet. That <laughs> I love that yet. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be realistic. Who knows? So love is like a like a really nice lemon tart you have at the fridge in the fridge at home. You know I love a lemon tart. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So you always know that you can go home and nibble on that lemon tart. Well, I always to. know that I can go home and call up my best friend and be like, "Hi, I miss you," and we can talk about life and stuff. That's and nice. he'll always be there to listen, and I'll always be there to listen, and that is a safety net of sorts. So it's not a lemon tart. <laughs> it's a lemon tart if the lemon tart was really big you could, you could jump into it uh, 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 do you know what a metaphor is or a simile no. <laughs> not no. an analogy isn't that what they speak in the sims what Sim simile simile simlish Jesus Christ um, do you have anything else to say about the show <laughs> uh, no no just that I think it's really impressive that a bulk of the rehearsal happened over zoom oh that kind is of impressive wild. yes um, was that for COVID reasons or no just because reasons? Jesse lives in Sydney Oh, yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. And I'll just <laughs> I'll just end on one last thing, but I, another wonderful thing that I got out you of this. You don't need to rush. You can just talk. It's Thank okay. you, James. This one thing that I got, one of the many great things that I got out of this conversation with Jesse and a couple of the other creatives after the show ended, he told me this thing about his experience with like learning about theatre, like going to drama school, this type of thing, and brought up this quote that one of his teachers told him once. Mm. And he yep. said that he had this teacher once who said that something that sets theatre apart uniquely as an art form is that, like, Theatre is the only art where we die together. Oh. Oh. What does that mean? Exactly. So you wrestle with that. <laughs> and you too, sweet listener. Are we dying? Because I just think... Do we die when we go to the theatre? Think about it. And <laughs> get back to me. Um, oh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Does he mean That's the way we get by. By Neil LeBute. Or is it like... James is whispering his thoughts to himself, because that's how he digests new really, information. Am I actually dead now?
Incredible. Amazing. So, James hath returned. I'm here, I'm back. And this is what it's like now. It's so nice. Yeah? It feels so good, it feels so wrong, it feels so right. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Oh, what are so, you going to be up to tonight, Jake? What are tonight, you going to be up to? Oh my god, what am I doing? No, I have some emailing to do. You know, okay. normal, like, you know, poor artist stuff. What are you going to be doing? I'm going to, uh, Flynn's got a family thing and then we're doing a, one of my family things, which will be nice. Okay. Yeah. Which is some sort of secret ritual. Is it like that movie, I think it's called Hide and Seek, where... No, it's not Hide and Seek, Samara where weaving. we end up killing people because of a card game. No, that's a great <laughs> Andy movie. Andy McDowell's gonna shoot you in the face. It's a great film. <laughs> All those sexy maids that just get murdered. God. Yeah. It did flip-flop between being like, oh my God, do I love this? And then it's like, oh no, I definitely don't. <laughs> I loved it the whole way through. Um, <laughs> no, we're not doing a hide-and-seek. We're just having dinner. Oh, great. <laughs> Tonight's not the night for hide-and-seek. Tonight. Because that's how it worked. They like pulled out a card and if they got hide-and-seek, they play hide-and-seek. And if they get a yeah. different one, they just play like Yahtzee together. The family's from like a board game like dynasty dynasty and i think like the guy that made the fortune has like a box that he got from a devil that actually gave him the fortune to do the dynasty thing oh so that's why they have to play this i think game. it's yeah like paying the due to the devil after playing a game i think no matter what game they chose it would have been like a murdery time oh they would play, play like murder scrabble i think so that's yeah <laughs> like i think they had like right isn't it like they pick it's like a box that has a bunch of cards and all the cards are like a specific game from the box so i assume all those cards are like Murder in the dark! But don't they all act as if when they pull out the hide and seek card, it's like, oh no, that's the one where we murder Samara Weaving. But it, it seems like the other cards are just let's play normal upwards. Oh, maybe. I don't remember. I think from mem from what I can uh, remember about the tone of the movie, I think all of the cards were like, you're going to play murder murder, guess murder, murder, murder Twitter. Murder, murder Twitter? Murder Twister is what I was going to say. Murder Twister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Oh god, do they play <laughs> I don't know card at random and they play Twister? I don't know. So how would it work? Is I it... don't know! Oh, so is it like if you fall down in Twister they just shoot you in the face? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be so weird to play really tense Twister. <laughs> I mean, if it's sexual, then it is tense. You think it would be sexual? You're not gonna get shot in the head. But you... quite often Twister is a sexual game. If you poorly put your hand, like right hand green, and you lose your balance and fall to the ground, your life is on the line. Yeah, you think someone that could walks be up to you with a blunderbuss and just shoots you in the head. <laughs> if Dirk, the hot waiter, <laughs> walks up to you and Flynn while you're having uh, your anniversary dinner, yeah. and is like, yeah. "What? Let's I'm all down. let's sit down and play poker, and if you lose." I stab you right in the neck. With his dick. Yeah, I'd be into it. God, this is a real man. You're aware of that? Yep. Yeah, do okay. it, Dirk. Dirk. God. Someone find him. No no one find Dirk. <laughs> Have a good... Uh, we may disagree with what we've said in this show. Our opinions change because we're human beings. Mm -hmm. You like that one? <laughs> yeah, real good. And friends don't let friends become theatre critics. No, they do not. Mm -mm. No. Boo. Big boo. Big boo to that. Big boo. And also, if someone walks in half an hour into a show you're watching... Should they boo them, James? Be nice. Be nice. Be nice to them. <laughs> I've changed my mind about this recently. Be nice to them. They can't control the trains. They can't control... <laughs> I wish they could. Uh, if you're doing a show, let us know. Mm -hmm. We'd love to come and see it and talk about it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have an email and an Instagram. And um, let us know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> is what I have to say. Speak to you all really soon. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>